Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Hello everyone out there in Geek Vibes Nation, this is your pal Dane Alves with another enticing episode for you guys today. Oh, we got a doozy for a show for you. Uh, we're going to be talking about, you know, the predictions for AEW Revolution. We're going to be talking about the Wednesday Night Wars themselves. It's going to be a lot of fun, but I can't do this alone. Of course, you guys know about my co-host, Christopher Brother Ray Patton. How you doing today, sir? I am doing absolutely wonderful, man. It's been a it's been a great week. The weather's not been too terrible, uh, in, especially in considering the past three or four weeks in, here in Georgia. And uh, oh, there's a lot of good wrestling out there. So I'm super excited to talk to you. Well, good. And we have a special guest on today's show. Um, one of our newer writers that's doing a lot of wrestling-related stuff uh, on uh, Geek Vibes Nation. And... Uh, he hosts a slew of podcasts, but I was on his uh, episode of Tom Clark's main event, um, you know, predicting stuff that was going to be happening on Elimination Chamber. Uh, we, we've been just we've just been saying the nicest things about you, Tom, on this show. We're happy to have you here. How is your day going, sir? Doing good, man. Glad to be here. It's always uh, nice to be spoken well of. So that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Putting you over. We're just putting you over the whole entire time. Unlike Hulk Hogan in a, in a match, you know? There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, right off the bat, um, you know, it, it, it kind of sucks that this is how we have to start a lot of these shows. Um, but we had another passing, and this was uh, Jim Crockett Jr., who unfortunately passed actually on Wednesday evening. Um. And we kind of heard word about this uh, towards, uh, I, th- I want to say the end of Tuesday. We heard that he was having some major uh, issues and that he was in grave condition. And unfortunately, uh, he died from liver and kidney failure. He's 76 years old. You know, I always hope that our listeners know a good deal about the past when it comes to wrestling, even if you might have not have been around, including me for a lot of this stuff, uh, with uh, you know, the NWA in the 80s, George Championship Wrestling. He basically, he got this from his father, who was an old school promoter. Um, basically, very, very, like, I want to say 1979 is when he acquired it and turned it into much bigger than it was beforehand. Unfortunately, you know, even though Vince McMahon and a lot of future bookers would implement different ideas that they learned from promoting stuff, advertising stuff, and just ways that they do TV format um, from Jim. Uh, He had some financial woes towards the uh, end of the 80s into the early 90s and had to sell uh, his, basically, um, his program to WCW, to uh, Ted Turner. But just a sad day. Another big legend in wrestling has passed this one a promoter, but a huge innovator when it comes to, you know, promoting and a guy that made people like Ric Flair and 
Arn Anderson and Sting, you know, stars. So uh, just wanted to pass it. Uh, Tom, do you have anything to say about Mr. Jimmy Crockett Jr.? I've said for years I'm a Jim Crockett guy, and that's the T-shirt I want for sure because I I always have been. I grew up um, watching NWA, watching Crockett promotions. Uh, That's what I was born and raised on, and to this day, you know, people have their favorites. They say, oh, Attitude Era was the best. Today's era is pretty good. For my money, the Territory Era is by far the standout. I mean, we have the most legendary Hall of Fame stars to ever come out of any era of the business came out of that time. And um, Jim Crockett was a big part of that. I mean, if anybody needs to know how important he was and how important his family was, let's don't forget about his family, uh, deep roots in the business. Um, if anybody wants to know how important that family is and was, and always will forever be to the business is that imagine the national wrestling alliance without the Crockett's it's extremely hard to do because as you said, Dane, they were responsible for opening the door for flair for Anderson, the horsemen, the road warriors. I mean, uh, Ole, Gene, I mean, so many people through the years that, um, may would have been there anyway, but it wouldn't have been Crockett promotions. Who's to say, um, whoever could have been the guy in charge would have handled any of them correctly, handled the way they needed to, I mean, Jim had, had a good mind for business. I can't say he was the best businessman I've ever seen. As you said, there was some issues along the way. He did end up selling out to Ted Turner. There was a lot of circumstances and things that went along with that, obviously. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a sad time. Um, I, I don't know if I've ever heard anyone speak ill of him in terms of the kind of man that he is. Um, maybe there's some, there's some, uh, uh, wrestling shoot nonsense out there somewhere but if there is i've never seen it or heard it so uh, i think people had the uh, utmost respect for him as they should but yes he'll be missed his, his impact on the business in my opinion uh for for what he accomplished is just as important as anybody else has ever done that includes vince mcmahon that's that's how i feel so yeah deepest condolences to his family for sure and as far as uh, modern production style, I think he's up there with Vince and also uh, Fritz von Erich for the modern style of uh, you know wrestling television that we watch today. Uh, he's detrimental and all that. You know, he was also a very, very he was the NWA president for three different terms. Uh, that's another huge accomplishment within his career. But uh, Chris, uh, have anything to say about uh, Jimmy Crockett Jr. Uh, absolute tragic passing and a legend in the sport. And, uh, just to harken back to what Tom said, I mean, outside of Vince McMahon, probably one of the most important promoters of all time. I mean, I guess you could throw, you know, uh, the Funk's father in there. You could throw some Texas guys in there, but as far as being on a national platform, um, having a nationalized TV show, I mean, Crockett with what he was able to accomplish, let's say from 1985 until he sold to Ted Turner. And I guess it was 88 was the only competition that Vince McMahon had. And to me, put out the better product. Like if you look at 1985 to 1988, uh, was it GCW, I guess, or, you know, let's just say W was it WWCW. I'm trying to remember the abbreviations right off the top of my head, but I mean, you're, you're looking at the beginning of, of Steiner's, the flair we kind of saw in the late eighties, uh, bringing in the road warriors. Uh, The guy just had a mind for the business and, and 
that's some of my favorite wrestling specifically let's say 85 to 87 with jim crockett promotions is some of my favorite things to go back and watch is kind of what i grew up watching on tape my grandparents that's the that's the wrestling that they loved that and uh obviously uh let's let's say tenant let's say tennessee in general but uh uh that's the stuff i kind of grew up on and it's uh it's very sad and it's setting in for me i guess i watched a ton a whole ton of matches last night from let's say 85 to 87 which it's it's just crazy the way things ended up and um an absolute legend for sure yeah Yeah. absolutely the first starcade man yeah (laughs) oh yeah well syndication you know just in general competing with pay-per-views and and uh just doing some really ballsy stuff buying a jet to fly him and his wrestlers around uh you know it's 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 very unfortunate and uh i like nick aldis he said that billy corgan luckily power is coming back it's going to be on fight tv uh starting soon on tuesday nights and they're really ramping up for the crockett cup um especially because of the passing of uh jim crockett so i thought that was really awesome and just a lot of good stuff a lot of good words from many wrestlers that knew him but um yeah any uh last words before we uh, do our 10 second salute I was at the uh, Crockett Cup in uh, in Concord when uh, Nick Aldis worked um, uh, Marty Skrull. And it was so cool to see the throwback ring apron, the throwback turnbuckles, just the old school flavor. I mean, it felt like we'd stepped back in the 1986. It was the best night ever. Me and my kid had a blast. And, uh, I mean, just the word Crockett. I, I, you can't mention pro wrestling without... I mean, without even thinking the word Crockett, even even guys half to a third of our age at this point, it, if you say the word Crockett, they're gonna know. So, oh, wow, that sounds familiar. Who's that again? They're gonna know. It's it's gonna it's not gonna be lost to time, which I think is is says it speaks volumes about his legacy, which is very fitting for him and that family. Absolutely. I mean, it's kind of like wrestling fans of now or our age might not know too much about Toots Mont, but he was so big within the industry. We know at least about him and his name still resonates to today. I agree. Someone like Crockett will be known later on, but um, let's do our 10 second salute and we'll move on. RIP Jim Crockett Jr. All right. Well, Man, one thing I will say, and and we'll talk more about it, I guess we won't be able to probably get a chance to talk to you about it, so it's a good time to bring it up. The weird and eerie, but almost kind of symbolic thing is that I found out about the passing of Jim Crockett on Facebook in between a commercial break uh, that had the match on Dynamite with Tully Blanchard, with FTR, with J.J. Dillon, with the shoe thing, you know, going against Jurassic Express. And I just wanted to personally say that as as shitty as it is to lose another wrestling mind, another legend like that, it was almost fitting for that to be the case. So, uh, what, 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 Tom, since, like I said, when we're going over it, you might have to leave beforehand. How'd you like that match? Because I loved it. I know that some of it was ridiculous. And uh, Marco is a trooper because he did exactly like he should have and just got the shit knocked out of him. Uh, but it was great seeing Tully back. This weird stuff with Sean Spears, the shoe spot, how awesome J.J. Dillon was, still grabbing people off the ground. 
besides the abrupt ending going into the next thing with Paul White um, coming out, which I kind of was a little bit aggravated, I thought it was really, really cool to see that. I uh, I don't think Tully's in this for the payday. But we we keep hearing stuff about all the veterans there for the payday, and they just want to check. I I, th- I think Tully's legacy is very important to him, and I know FTR is very important to him on a personal level as well. That's for sure. And I think it's important to him that he passes on the legacy. I mean, WWE didn't seem very interested in passing on the Horseman legacy to anybody. They didn't really care about it. They would. They would parade it on TV when they had a DVD to sell, but that'd be the end of it. I mean, Tully really cares about this. And if, if it means he gets to get in there and wrap up things his way, I mean, no one liked the way he left the business. I know I didn't. I mean, kudos to him. And, uh, yeah, I did. I'm an old school fan, as I told you. And, um, uh, I love it. Um, as long as he's okay, as long as he's safe, he's healthy, they're taking care of him and he's taking care of them. Let him do what he wants to do, man. I, I People get too wrapped up in nonsense. It's just silly pro wrestling kids. That's really all it is. And, you know, um, I loved it. I, I thought it was cool. And real quick, also, the fact that he's an old school guy and doesn't look down his nose at Jurassic Express, doesn't look down his nose at AEW. I don't think a paycheck would make you not be ornery and not be stubborn. I, I don't think that's what's doing it. I think that he sees today's talent and says, hey, it's a different time. Let's work, let's just work with what we've got. So I hats off to him. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Uh, Chris, what did you think about it? And we'll talk a little bit more about it later on when it comes up. Yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on it. Um, I absolutely loved it. I love seeing Tully back in the ring. I love hit, seeing that slingshot suplex on Marco. I thought that was amazing. Yes. Uh, the fake dive to the outside to hit the strut was just <laughs> fucking so great. It was just so great and such a breath of fresh air because you see, you know, like the rock and roll express, they come back, they're doing all these modern moves. Like that would have been a dive from like a Ricky Morton, not from Tully. Tully's a heel. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love the, uh, I love the old school vibe and, and Tully being with FTR is kind of perfect. I'm not so huge on Sean Spears as we've talked about previously on the show for the listeners out there, but it was just a really great moment. And like you said, Dane, I think the only thing is I kind of wanted a little bit more, maybe a promo just going straight to the, to, to Paul White, the big show directly after almost like like seconds after that giant moment for anyone that's a, an old school fan or fans of these guys, um, let me, left me a little heartbroken. I'm not going to lie and kind of left a bad taste in my mouth, but outside of that, it's great to see totally getting in there and mixing it up. And, and Tom, you pointed out some great facts. He's, he's wanting to work with these guys. Obviously he's got the two most willing to be the old school type guys, to be honest. Um, but he's not he's not making a big deal about working with someone like Marco Stunt. You know, he's figuring ways that can make that interesting and and hopefully he's back there training the guys on the stuff that we love about, you know, Jim Crockett promotions and, and some of the old school wrestling. So uh yeah, Tully's a fucking legend. I, I loved everything about that match. I just kinda wished the uh it didn't get cut so short direct to Big Show. And I don't think it helped Big Show either. So I have problems on both sides of that. Yeah, I could definitely see that. 
Well, it just uh, when Arn came out there and gave his little approval, seeing him and and JJ and and Tully throw up the hand signs, and then they have these new ones, obviously that the new kids are doing, if you will, you know, with FTR, and I guess Sean Spears. Just curious how the future goes with that. You know, we've been talking about some type of horseman-like thing. I didn't realize. I don't know if you want it, but Arn Anderson was trying to file for the four horsemen as a trademark. Um, I have no, like I said, I have no idea if you want it or not, but you don't have to call it the horseman. You can call it whatever. The fact that they incorporate this, you know, there are other people that could be a part of this mix. We've talked about it. I don't know if it really makes sense with Cody. I kind of like him as a baby face, but hey, we don't know where the hell Tessa is going to end up. Uh, <laughs> and she's a Blanchard. And also Brock Anderson is now training uh, to get into wrestling, we know that. So who knows what's around the uh, the bend, the the river bend, as Pocahontas would say. Yeah, I mean, the crazy part about the licensing right is they can just call themselves the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, and like, what are you going to do about that? Then they can just be Four Pock or just still the Four Horsemen because it's an abbreviation of that name. Like, I that whole naming right stuff is ridiculous to me. It's pettiness from WWE. A lot of it. All right, well, let's move on. We got a couple Raw. It, well, yeah, there's there's three things to talk about from Raw and SmackDown that I want to bring up before we go into predictions for Revolution. Um, Raw, uh, I wanted to talk about the Sheamus-Drew McIntyre match. That is a match that I'm going to put out there. You know, if you missed all of Raw, and a lot of times I don't blame you. Um, that match was actually a great match on the program. Nothing really too pretty about it. But very hard-hitting. These guys have known each other since the beginning of both of their careers. Uh, so they, you know, when friends, it's, it's, it's funny. It's always talked about that if you're friends, you beat the living hell out of each other within wrestling because you trust each other. If you actually don't get along, you, you work really safe somehow. Unless, obviously, if someone shoots on the other, and then that's a completely different story. But um, Sheamus and fucking Drew McIntyre kicked the living shit out of each other. And... I have to agree. I was listening to Busted Open. I have to agree with Bully Ray. I don't know if I'm done with this feud. And really, when it comes down to it, with Bobby winning at the end, and I did not like them playing with us, saying that at the beginning of this hour, it's going to be the match. Oh, some bullshit from The Miz. At the beginning of this hour, and finally at the end, Bobby Lashley won. But I don't know how intrigued I am, i got to be honest, of Drew McIntyre against Bobby Lashley. And if that does happen... I don't know if I want Bobby Lashley to lose to Drew. I love Drew. I think that he can win it back in the future. But I just feel like maybe they should go with this with him and Sheamus. Maybe have a best of three. Next match happens at Fastlane or wherever the fuck the pay-per-view is called. And then the one after that at WrestleMania, they can really have a badass long match. And then get Drew back in the title picture for SummerSlam or something. Now, I don't know what Bobby would do. Bully had an idea, but that's a little bit outrageous i'll go into that next but just just throwing at you um tom what do you think about the match itself and what do you think about bully's statements about maybe even if it's bobby and drew bobby going over drew as opposed to what a lot of people were saying beforehand or maybe keeping drew with sheamus and doing something else with bobby at wrestlemania and what what could that be basically I think uh, I echo everything you said. Uh, the match is uh, obviously they are best friends. They are going to, you know, uh, do a little bit more, make it look, uh, uh, work a little bit more snug, make it look good. And that totally makes sense. Um, there is some more stuff there. I don't think they're done telling their stories. 
Dude, that think, Claymore at the end. Oh, oh my yeah. god, he kicked the fuck out of him. And I, I think this is this is going to be one of those feuds, much in the same way of Owens and Zane, uh, Punk and Brian, that you can come back to anytime you want to, and it will always work. It'll always make money, and people will always applaud it because it's high caliber. So they can either stop right now or start up again in three months, and it'll be fine, and it will still work because they're just so good. They have chemistry together. As far as what happens at Mania, I mean, I think we're looking at Drew versus Sheamus, and I think we're looking at Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. That's I've been saying that for a month, and uh, now that Lashley's got the belt, Lashley's always wanted to work Brock. Brock has made no secret about he likes Bobby, and and they're they're both former MMA guys or whatever. And I, I think we're going to see Brock sooner rather than later. Vince stacks the card in every WrestleMania. He wants the big marquee matches. Um. I don't have any scoop for you. I just that that's I just feel we're going to see that, and a lot of people are going to hate it. I'm not in love with it, but it is what it is. It's that company. It's what they do. Uh, I I I think that's where we're heading. So that's funny that you said that. So I'll go into the second part after I get to Chris. Of so just a question, Chris. If Drew and Bobby go to WrestleMania against each other, are you pulling for Bobby to win, or are you pulling for Drew to win? Well, my assumption is the they want to see Drew win in front of a crowd. This is going to be the first time WWE has a crowd back in an arena. Uh, I'm assuming that Drew will win. Whether I'm pulling for Drew or not is a different question. I, I, I think that him dropping the title to Randy and then dropping it again to The Miz is not necessarily the best thing to do for his push. Stupid. And, and they want to see what he's able to do. So I really do think that match is going to be Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley. I don't think that's going to change. Uh, we, we'll get into more details about the Brock Lesnar aspect of this, I guess, here a little later. But I thought this match was very good. The only problem is they gave these guys 20, 20 minutes, maybe even more than that for this match as an opener on Monday night raw. And I don't know that they're going to get that at a pay-per-view. So I, I don't know how you condense this great match down to a WWE format and, you know, 12 minutes on a pay-per-view. So while well, this there is two nights again, well, not on fast lane. Cause I would assume that this match oh, would, have to take pla- yeah. would, would have to take place at fast lane. Cause you got to e- either way you're going with this. I mean, Sheamus would have to beat Drew in the next match if you're going to set up the WrestleMania feud, right? So I I would assume that would be a pay-per-view match at Fastlane, and then if you're going to build that to Mania... See, that's the the thing that kind of throws me off about it is you still have this one pay-per-view that's going to linger out there. And to me, they're just setting up Drew as a true number one contender against someone they know uh, that the fans respect as a champion who is a good wrestler in Sheamus. I think maybe they gave them a little bit too much time on this raw because the follow-up on fast lane, I highly doubt they're going to give them like 20 to 30 minutes. And I don't know that they're going to be able to have the same kind of match. Cause once you cut the time short with these two guys that are kind of slow and methodical to begin with, I, I don't know that that match is going to be as good as this Monday night raw match. They could throw a stip on it though. That's the other thing. I mean, they could do like a brawl or something. They seem to do that a lot recently recently um yeah and then it's funny that you said that because the bully said if it was up to me and he goes i he even admitted he goes i have no intel on this i don't think it's gonna happen but him and dave legreco were saying 
Vince, fucking get Brock back. Have Drew and Sheamus finish up their feud. You get Drew right back in the title picture. And you get Brock to come in and just, you know, what? How many weeks are we until Mania? Does anyone remember? I don't know how the fuck they have another pay-per-view within that time period. Uh, I, I, I want to say it's like five weeks, if not less. Either way, um, you would have to start it up soon, though, is the concept. But Brock Lesnar shows up, gives an F5 to Bobby Lashley, and then you have MVP and Paul Heyman going back and forth. And then you can actually use it on SmackDown because Roman can be calling out uh, you know, Heyman of who the hell are you there for, basically. And he's like, no, I just want a champion on both shows. And that can cause maybe tension leading to something else. There's ways to set it up. I would love to see a marquee match with Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. I don't think the match would be super scientific by any means, but that looks like a big match, especially if you have those two guys building it up with MVP and Heyman. And then, like I said, what can that do to affect what's going on with Roman and him being his you know, manager or whatever the fuck, the legal counsel, whatever they call him. For Roman Reigns, but uh, it's an interesting thought. It's probably going to be Bobby versus Drew, but I'll admit, if it is Bobby versus Drew, I kind of want Bobby to win. And I do agree with you. I wish that Randy never got that title from Drew, and he just held it until he lost it in a bullshit fashion to the Miz. But we can't go back in time. Um, any last statements, Tom? I well, here's the thing. I'm I'm not opposed to Lashley versus Lesnar. I just know that it's gonna, you know make everybody, you know, set themselves on fire and, and once again, blame Brock for, you know, Brock bad. Brock does bad stuff and Brock wins all the time and he's a prima donna. And I'm always thinking, none of this is on Brock Lesnar, man. This, this is all on Vince McMahon. If, if he wants him, he'll be there. If he wants him to go over, he'll go over. I like the idea of Paul Heyman managing both world champions. And I don't think you need to put them at odds with each other. I think you could run it in such a way where it's fine. You talk about giving this guy all the power, at least in the fans' eyes. I mean, I, we've never seen that I can recall a manager manage two classified world champions of two different brands. I mean, that would be a history-making moment. Just imagine Brock and Roman on the same page. I mean, that's that could make for some interesting TV, man. Yeah, until Survivor Series happens and then they have to go against each other. Then that sure. see the whole the whole concept's very interesting though. Uh, regardless, but uh, any last words about anything with Raw, Sheamus, and McIntyre? You know, Bobby Lashley winning the belt, becoming the third uh, African American wrestler uh, to win the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, uh, which was pretty big. Uh, what, what do you got to say, Chris? What do you got to say? I, I think it's I think it's awesome. I, I love what they've been doing with Bobby Lashley. I mean, he's pretty much been undefeated for six or seven months at this point right dang yeah i believe so i mean he lost in in the matches that he lost he kind of got screwed over if you when he lost to drew mcintyre he got screwed over by lana technically um they've done a really good job of protecting him i i love mvp as his manager let me just say that a year ago bobby lashley was not champion he was in a terrible program with lana and rusev right before rusev left that's so weird sorry yeah which led led to that title match with him and drew which he out 
I, I don't want to say he outperformed him in the ring, but he, as far as the way it was booked, he was the stronger wrestler and should have won the title that night and got screwed over by Lana, which led to the where we're at now with having in the title. So him and Drew going back at it again, to me, that's the storyline. Um, Brock showing up, to me, Brock, it's just Brock. If you're going to do it, it's Brock versus Reigns. They would have already set it up. I would have had Brock in it at Mania or at Rumble. Uh, leading to mania if you're going to do that especially after the last brock lesnar royal rumble run where he got eliminated by drew mcintyre and he had a choice to pick who he wanted to go after i like the idea of paul managing two world champions but there's a lot of history i mean if you care about like storylines and history of wwe which they clearly don't um the storyline is that you know roman reigns and and (laughs) brock lesnar don't like each other uh so if you're going to do something like that, I, it's very interesting to me. I just don't see it happening. I, I feel like Lesnar is just going to be kind of done for a while unless he uh, unless he's going against Roman. I feel like they're going to save that to have a big marquee match. And they think the big marquee match is, uh, well, either they couldn't sign Brock to have the match with Roman. I think they probably went after The Rock. They probably went after John Cena. And now they landed on Edge. If I'm being completely honest, I, I I'm pretty sure it's going to be McIntyre versus Lashley, and you're you know they're just setting up that fast lane match for Sheamus. I want them to build Sheamus more. It's just really weird they flip flopped him from like babyface to heel week to week, leading into this match because they kind of p- portrayed him as a babyface for a little bit and then immediately flipped him back to what I would consider a heel if he's going against Drew McIntyre. So uh, Seamus is always kind of a weird cat and it seems like they don't know what to do with him. I feel you. I definitely uh, see where you're coming from. Let's move to SmackDown. Major thing that happened. Uh, Daniel Bryan beat Jey Uso in a pretty damn good cage match. Uh, and now he will be going against Roman Reigns. At Fastlane, I'm wondering, my, my, my biggest question, because we know that this match, Roman's going to go over, what is Daniel Bryan going to be doing at, Rus- at WrestleMania? Because it seemed like to me, he or Seth, I, I believe, eliminated him at the Royal Rumble. Daniel was the first to leave when Seth came out to make a speech. I thought they were pinning the two of them against each other. Now Cesaro is involved. I don't know what's left for Daniel Bryan. I don't think they're going to add him to Roman Reigns versus Edge, but who knows if they were to do that. Maybe that could be a three-way classic, but I don't know if I really want that. You know, the match was great. I like that Daniel Bryan's getting a title match. A lot of us thought that Daniel Bryan was going to be where Edge is right now, going to Mania against Roman Reigns. That's not happening. But, Tom, what do you think about all this? What did you think about the match? And what do you think that Mr. Daniel Bryan and the Yes Movement will be doing at WrestleMania this year? I, I think of all the guys that they could have handed something to and said, hey, you're, you're about to go from tag team to TV every single week, and you're going to be attached to the top guy in the company. I mean, Jey Uso shines like a diamond. I mean, he is... Uh, I can't say enough good things about him. Talk about, you know, uh, they call your number... And you come off the bench, and holy God, he just scores touchdowns. He's so good. And he's gotten better. I, I would say he's gotten better, but he, he could have been this good the whole time. We just didn't see it. But, man, he it, I, in the fans' eyes, which is what matters here, he is so much better than he was before. 
and he's in such on a such a different level. So the match itself, it was I expected it to be good. I wasn't disappointed. I mean, Brian can work anybody, but Jay's not hard to work um, because he's he's in this for real and he knows what he's doing and he's he's up for anything. And I'm sure it was a night off for Daniel. Um, but I love Daniel Bryan as well. And, uh, it, it's, it's a conundrum every year because it seems like we'll be three to four weeks out sometimes from mania with a top guy. People talking about AJ, man. I'm like, dude, was it last year or year before AJ didn't have anything to do? What about the year that Orton didn't have anything to do? And suddenly it was Orton versus Kane for no good freaking reason at all. They just booked it and we're like, Orton versus Kane again. And like the match wasn't good. And it, you could just tell they didn't have anything to do. They couldn't think of anything. I mean, I don't want to see Daniel left hung out to dry. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, if I had to pull something out of a hat, I'll say Christian. If he's still around, I mean, it's it's an edge tie-in. It could be, there's no heat here because Daniel's a baby face, so is Edge. But it could be that Christian, after, you know, Fastlane takes issue with Daniel, then maybe there's a connection there. The Seth thing made sense. Um it's a hard one, man. I, I, I can't really throw your prediction because I don't really have a good one to give you. But I, I want to see Daniel go out on top, and I don't know what that means. But I want to see him have a good last run, if this is indeed his last run, which I still don't think it is. Um, I'd like to see him have something good. So whatever he gets at Mania, I want it to be fun for him and something that is memorable and that he enjoys doing. That's That's what I hope for him. That's a that's a very good thing to hope for him, and I think that most of us fans feel the exact same way, Tom. Um, I don't know. Now that you mentioned it, though, besides Daniel Bryan, what's Shinsuke going to be doing? Uh, is it going to be Seth versus Cesaro? What's AJ going to be doing? What's Kevin Owens going to be doing? What's Sammy? I guess it comes down to probably like a seven-man Intercontinental Championship ladder match or something to that extent. But uh, it is getting close. We do have two nights to play with, but... Who's going to end up on the card, and are the matches going to be meaningful with the buildup? That's the biggest thing, I think, storyline itself. Uh, Chris, what do you think about all this? Well, as I said last week, I feel like they're going to find a way to shovel Daniel Bryan into that match and make it a three-way for the first time in a, a long time for a WrestleMania three-way. When's the last one? It was uh, God, was that Seth, Kevin, and Roman? Or Seth Brock and Roman. I'm trying to remember what that match was, but I feel like they might go to that. I feel like uh, they want Daniel Bryan in that main event, and it makes sense with Edge being a little bit more limited. You can put Daniel Bryan in there to kind of be an anchor for that match. I still feel like that's where they're going to go. That was my prediction last week uh, with the match they're setting up for Fastlane. Daniel Bryan, he comes out on top of that. I could see him getting shoved into that WrestleMania card, especially because he kind of got fucked over at Elimination Chamber, if we're being honest. So maybe they're not going that way, but I'm still sticking with that. That's my bold prediction. It'll be a three-way at WrestleMania, and they might put that match on first for super bold predictions if you're a gambling kind of person. Got all the hot takes. I actually, I don't have a problem with that. You know, WrestleMania has had some amazing three-way matches. Not always do they actually work out. But obviously, thinking back to Sean, Triple H, and uh, Benoit, I can't remember. It was Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio, and, and someone else. But basically, WrestleMania can do that. I would rather, 
if there were to be, and I, I think we know what's happening to the Miz, but he did just have the championship belt. If there were to be a three-way in the title picture, I would rather it be Edge, Daniel Bryan, and then Roman beats both of them, making all the fans cry out there. But uh, instead of you know trying to throw Miz in there with Drew and Bobby, I don't I don't really need that. Just put him against Bad Bunny, whatever. Um, also, just kind of going back to what you're saying, Tom, I kind of want because they were they, I think it was Jimmy who talked about this on a documentary that one of the biggest. Uh, one of the biggest goals was to have a match between the brothers at WrestleMania could from now until WrestleMania, maybe Jimmy come out, confront his brother, get pissed. And that puts them in a match. I, I think that's money right there. I'm all for that. And, um, whether Vince would say it that way, I don't know. We've always heard stories about, uh, depending on who you believe that he, he doesn't care much for brothers facing each other. I don't know how true that is, uh, by the way, but, I'm, I'm sure they would love that. Because Brett know? Nolan was so terrible. Back then. I know, right? Yeah. Supposedly he was against that even happening. How how it happened, I don't know. He's the guy in charge, right? He he exnays everything. So uh, I think they would both relish an opportunity, to, especially on the mania stage, man. And you talk about, I don't know, Roman's got to be so proud of those guys. I mean, Jay right now especially. And, and uh Good for them, man. I mean, like I said before, you get put in the spotlight and you're told, go out there and do it and prove it. God, good God. There, he's proven it. Roman's proved it, too. I mean, yeah, so if, just take advantage of every opportunity, man. That's what Jay's done. Completely agree. Any last statements before we move on, Chris? Yeah, I, w- I would just say Jay recently on Twitter said the Uso Penitentiary will be open for business very soon. So I'm going to assume mm. they're going to be a tag team. And uh, that could lead to them breaking up, which will be awesome. Because that's, that, that's how I would love to see it, is them get the tag titles and Roman be a dick. And that splits the brotherhood and that sets up that feud. Um, and also, Owen did kick the leg out of Brett's leg. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Owen did kick the leg out of Brett's leg. Um, I will say, though, if you have it where Jimmy gets pissed off, Roman t- punks him out. Jimmy won't back down, and they set up the exact same thing they did with Roman and Jay. Where, all right, Mania, you're going against your brother. If you if Jay wins, then you have to join the family and bow down to the tribal chief, and then that sets up them as a tag team, forced, kind of like how Jay was at first, going forward, working for Roman, or maybe Jimmy wins and gets out of it. I don't know. You could you could do something and still have him as a tag team though. I don't think he put the belts on them for sure because they they shouldn't have belts and be with Roman because Roman's character would be threatened by that. He he's the only one that can have gold. This idea of them building a big Samoan stable and giving him all the titles, in my opinion, is not going to happen because that threatens his character. He doesn't want to see anyone else. He'll he'll see his family succeed to a point, but he doesn't want anybody to look at them on the same level as him because he believes he's above the rest of them. So I don't know that that would work. Yeah, I mean, the the only disagreement I have there is that the tag team champions right now are kind of abysmal on SmackDown. So having the Uso step into that, you could set it up where down the road, Roman costs them the title because he's frustrated with one member of the Usos. And then that sets up the feud and they can just drop the titles back. So I don't have a problem with them picking up the titles at all. And that plays more into Roman's uh, very controlling character and gives him some more to work with. I think the biggest thing here is like 
how much shit can you do with Roman and the Usos? Like, there's so many feuds. There's so much stuff you can spark off of this one idea since they brought Roman back as a heel. And that just shows the kind of work that that him and Jay have been doing. Him, Jay, and Paul, I should say. Uh, it's been great. Like, there's so many good storylines you could tell. Either way it would go, it, it would be amazing to watch. Well, Vince, give us a call. Uh, we'll help you out uh, in the future. Me, Tom, and Chris, have we, we've got your back. So call us right now. All right, anyways, let's move on to Revolution and go over the matches, guys. Very excited about tomorrow night. Um, as Tom will probably, uh, you know, might say, well, actually, I'm already fucking saying it before him. I thought this was tonight. Um, uh, for some reason, I thought AEW was on Saturday nights, and I kind of like that, but uh, apparently I was wrong. So either way, let's get into this whole entire thing. I gotta, I gotta admit something. I told you this, Chris. The the pre-show match is Riho and Thunder Rosa going against uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and uh, Reba Rebel, however you want to call her. Uh, Rebels, Rebels, good. I, I, I don't know a lot about her wrestling career and impact before that, but she's been great at the side of uh, Dr. Britt Baker. I just think that there's three ladies in this that I care more about than the actual title match on the main pay-per-view for the women's belt. That might just be me, but I just, this tournament didn't work out for me. There's plenty of people, you know, whether it be like uh, Aja Kong, you know, going further or Britt Baker going further, who I thought was going to win it. Uh, Riho, who got eliminated. Sharina Deeb got eliminated by Riho. Like a lot of people... I, I don't for for what they have and me not knowing a lot about stuff and that's not my fault. I'm not supposed to I cover and, and watch a lot of wrestling, but I don't know this this uh feud that the champion Hikirashita's had with uh Mizunami. So to me it doesn't have as much elevation. It was kinda like when she beat Nyla, I just thought, eh, whatever. So I hate to be down on this, but I am looking forward to this tag match, um, and yeah, that just, that's just I'm just being honest. Don't don't get mad at me, okay? Uh, Tom, are you mad at me? Uh, no, not so far. You're good with me. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I here. So here's what I say about this match, Riho. You either really like her or you just don't care for her at all. She's so little, uh, but so's Marco Stunt, right? Uh, and I, I don't want to go off on too much of a rant there. She's got something because when she fires up in a match, I mean, people do tend to get on her side. She's she can be a very sympathetic baby face. And when she lays her stuff in, I mean, she's not Lesnar, but man, she doesn't hold back. If you watch when she fires up, man, it's it's not bad. Um, she's got something there. Uh, and and again, I, I you know, she's grown on me. Um uh, I mean, Thunder Rosa, you could, you could just, you could just say great things about all day because she's just so good. Um, but yeah, I just, I like the idea of this match. I mean, how good it's going to be, I don't know. Um, but I do like Britt Baker quite a bit. And, uh, I think she's, she's, if not the highlight, a major highlight of that women's division. And, um, she's gotten so, she's just gotten exponentially better the whole time she's been there. And uh, it went, the, when the heel turn first happened, I was like, eh, okay, sure. But, man, she has completely grown into it, and she's so good. So I think the match will be good, man. I, th- I think it'll uh, 
I think it'll probably come off without a hitch. Who do you think is going to win? Uh, I'll say Riho. I'll say the uh, team Riho. So. My basing off my decision is going to be didn't Thunder Rosa when she went against Britt Baker, Britt Baker screwed her over and got a win, right? True. So I, I'm assuming this is going to be payback and Thunder Rosa is going to get a pin, maybe on Reba, but possibly on Britt Baker to keep on going with that storyline going forward. But I am looking forward to this match, Chris. Who do you think is going to win this match? Are you looking forward to it? And what you feel? How did you feel about the uh, tournament itself? Well, we, me, and you kind of talked about this, and I think it's a systemic problem with the women's division in AEW, where I I love that they're bringing in Japanese talent, but they're not bringing in top Japanese talent, and they're not doing a good job of telling us why we should care about them, outside of like Aja Kong, who's a, a fucking legend. Um, they haven't done a good job of telling us like why we should care about these different characters setting up these matches in that tournament, at least in my opinion. Uh, as far as this match goes, Thunder Rosa is is the star here. I feel like she's gonna get she'll get a pin probably over Rebel. I don't think they want to pin Britt Baker. They'll find some way out of that. Um, I have no problem with Rio. I thought she was she was a great first AEW Women's Champion, right? Like uh, she had a good little run, and the fans are super behind her, and they need to utilize her how they can utilize her. But that's outside of the tournament itself. The tournament itself, it's uh, to me there was a little bit of weird booking, like specifically the Nyla Britt Baker match. They did all of that interference to have her just lose against Nyla, and it, it, it's just, it's, I don't know. I don't know what they were trying to accomplish because even uh, having, you know, Aja Kong get taken out, she still lost. So I, they're obviously going with Akira Shida for a while. I'm fine with that, but they need to build the division. And I think the fans, at least the internet fans or the, the fans that really care about this kind of stuff are clearly behind Thunder Rosa and, and, and Deeb's who are NWA superstars, which just points to a problem in the AEW uh, female farm system. So we'll, we'll see what happens there, but yeah, the match will be pretty good. Uh, it's got, I mean, all these, all these cats are great wrestlers. So I, I'm assuming they're gonna have a good match. It's also the buy-in show. So I think the good guys are probably going to go over here. And see what I plan on do is Great making this division of all these Josie Rushers. And what I'm going to do is be very breathy when I talk. But, you know, I am Kenny Omega. I am the greatest wrestler of all time. And so instead of using maybe wrestlers from Impact or the ones that we have on our show, I'm going to bring over wrestlers from Japan that you've never heard of. Not not Kerry Hogo, but like someone completely different and build them up with nothing and have them go against each other at the pay-per-view. Sorry. Anyways. I mean, that's 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 more of the problem is if you're going to bring if you're going to bring over a big name like you just said, Kerry Ojo, that's that's one. Right. She's not in. She's that 90 days up. You could bring her in. Mayo, uh, Mayo Iwatani. That would be great. Be a Priestley who has wrestled for AEW, former stardom champion, like utilize the fucking stardom roster. Like, get some cats in there that people might have some recognition for. And also realize the American market doesn't necessarily watch all Japanese female wrestling. 
So, and if you're going to give us those stars, make sure that we know about them. I, I think a good example of that the WWE did very well was the Mae Young Classic with the little vignettes, and they kind of showed you what each person was. I didn't get that from AEW. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that just reminded me about Mako Sanamura and how she lost to Kylie Ray for the women's UK title. Stupid decision from them. Anyways, let's uh, let's let's move on uh, to the, one of the the, the the first main match, guys. This is Wikipedia, so I don't know if this is the exact order of matches, but I'm just going by what I have in front of me. So we have the Casino Tag Team Royal, um, basically for a future AEW Tag Team Championship match. I have actually a list of all the tag teams, or I think I did, and now I exited out that screen. Well, that's great. That's awesome. All right, well, um, maybe it's on Wiki. Okay, so these are the uh, the tag teams. Thanks, thanks Wikipedia, for, for being great. Bear Country, don't really know them. I know that they're in AEW Dark. Uh, Dark Order, which is Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Another Dark Order team of Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Santana and Ortiz, Pride and Powerful, uh, The Butcher and the Blade, and The Candlestick Maker. Uh, Private Party, uh, Death Triangle, it's Pac and Ray Phoenix. Uh, the Siddell Brothers, uh, Matt and Mike Siddell. Another Dark Order team of Preston Vance and Alan Angels. Uh, the Gun Club with Austin and Colton Gunn. Uh, the Pretty Picture, uh, Pretty Peter Avalon and Caesar Bononi. SoCal Uncensored, Christopher Daniels, and Frankie Kazarian, The Natural Nightmares, Dustin Rhodes, and QT Marshall, The Varsity Blondes, Brian uh, Pillman Jr., and Griff Garrison, and of course, Jurassic Express with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Um, I have no idea how the fuck the Dark Order would not be able to win this since they have like five fucking teams in this, but I'm going to assume since their stipulation, even though they did that a month ago and they haven't been on TV, would this count for SoCal Uncensored if they lose this match? They said the next match they lose, they're done as a tag team. So I'm actually going to pick them, and my second uh, choice would be John Silver and Alex Reynolds just because they're popular right now. I love Santana and Ortiz, but they just lost, and for some reason they decided to put a makeshift tag team as a top tag team within their group, but um, yeah, that's who I'm going for, is SoCal Uncensored. The return of Frankie Kazarian, Christopher Daniels, winning it. Uh, what do you think about this, Tom? Who do you think is going to win the Battle Royale itself? Uh, I like your pick. I think it makes sense. I don't want to see SoCal Uncensored hanging up either. Uh, it makes the most sense. They could always you know, come back with the caveat of, hey, we got screwed out of the thing. Maybe it's that one of them... Uh, uh, one of them has like feigns an injury outside the ring and can't get back in the ring or something. They're, they're disqualified. So technically they didn't lose. Technically it wasn't a pin or whatever. I mean, it could be some sort of, uh, uh, shenanigans going on. Um, but my sentimental favorites, dark order and, and not that they need belts. I don't think that group needs any hardware anytime soon. There's just, they're so good. They're so fun. They're so entertaining. If you're going to give somebody a belt, I say give negative one a title because that kid is awesome. I mean, he's, you know, I've, I've seen grown men who don't, who freeze on camera. This kid's not shy at all, man. He just goes. And, uh, I, I mean, I'd love to see the Dark Order come out of this, but I, I would be good with whatever they did. Uh, but, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say SoCal and Censored as well. All right, we got two for SoCal, and I, cre- I completely agree with you with negative one. 
Kid's awesome. Uh, Chris, who do you think is going to win this? Is it Bear Country? I, I, it's not Bear Country. I had SoCal uncensored. <laughs> it's got to be so. Uh, it depends how they're going to sell that storyline to us because if it's they can never lose another match or you know Chris Saban's going to retire, then it's got to be SoCal uncensored, and I think that leads into a really interesting match that they could do you know six months from now with either the Young Bucks or FTR or whoever's at the top. Then, if they're not going to count this, my pick would be Pac and Ray Phoenix. And the reason I say that is they put them over strong on the go home show and, and their fan favorites, which is a it's weird that it's not Lucha Brothers, but also, you know, Dark Triangle. It's cool, cool stuff. So those would be my if I had to pick someone other than SoCal, it'd probably be uh, the Bastard Pack and Ray Phoenix. Yeah, I like that they're giving Penta a singles match, but I agree. It's weird that the Lucha Bros aren't. In this match, and uh, Pac is taking Penta, but I love Pentagon, so I'm not going to complain too. But yeah, I agree with you. Here's the match of the night, guys. This is the one I'm looking forward to the most. I don't know about you guys, but it's Brown and Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford in their corner versus the best friends, sort of, of Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. I lied. I don't give a flying fuck about this match. I'm sorry. I really had a lot of hope for Miro. I'm sure he can go on to do other things. I'll be trying to get a hold of, um, what the heck's the guy, the Rusev D, since obviously a lot of that has to go back to him. You know, get him to come in here and just do something with him, maybe rebuild yourself instead of the video game big guy. Um, I, I just don't care. I, I, you know what I really think about all this? It's holding Penelope Ford and Orange Cassidy back. That's what I really think. So... I'm assuming Miro... No, you know what? Orange Cassidy is going to pin Miro in this. That's what's going to happen um, with an orange punch. But really, it just this is not doing it for me, and I hope it's done. And uh, I'm still waiting for that bachelor party. Damn it. Tom, what do you think? <laughs> uh, so, so there's always two different truths to everybody that we talk about in this business. There's the truth as we, as we all see it. And then there's the truth as they see it. And sometimes it's the same and sometimes it's not. I, like you, uh, Dane, agree that uh, we haven't seen much from Miro. And man, it looks like he's going nowhere. And wow, his his uh, his stock has dropped. But the, the truth for him may be, I'm having a blast. These guys are my friends. Uh, I, I'll do what they ask me to do. Uh, Khan says, I've got something coming down the road. Let's just have fun. I'm enjoying wrestling again. So... Which one's the real truth? I don't know. Is it a mixture of both? It could be. Who knows? But uh, I would love to see him get something more, for sure. But they have proven time and again that Cassidy is their guy. And nothing necessarily wrong with that. Uh, they, they got him over. And a lot of people believe that was impossible. I was one of them. Uh, but he's over. So, I mean, you can't argue with, with uh, results, right? So, I, I, I'm not crazy about this match either. But... I mean, you know that they would certainly know that. They would certainly know, in, in terms of all the excitement going on in tomorrow night's card, that they're probably not thought of too much. Maybe they'll give them incentive to go out there and kill it. Maybe he'll be a beast, and maybe it'll be Cassie's never looked better, and, and Sabian's really flying around the ring. I mean, we'll see, man. Um, but yeah, I think it's... Uh, honestly, I'm going to go with Miro. I, I, I say he pins. I think he'll, he'll get the pin here, and he'll be a beast. That's what I think. 
Chris, what do you think? Do you think Aiden English will finally show up? God, one can only hope. Uh, I've not been a fan of this Miro experiment, and to me, it seems like he doesn't care that much about wrestling, if I'm being completely honest, and that's probably why he got released from WWE. Um, if I'm being completely honest, I think of Orange Cassidy. He's probably just going to go over in this match. They'll break these feuds up, and they'll uh, figure out a way to get that tag team rolling again because they don't have anything else for Orange to do, and he's one of the most popular wrestlers on their card. And at least until, uh, God, what is his name? Beretta, come, Trent Beretta can, can come back to rejoin that tag team. You know, if I don't want anyone to get injury, but the fact that Trent had to be the one out between him and Chuck. Mm. Anyways, uh, yeah, I think that whatever happens, like I said last time, and I am serious about this. You guys know I wasn't the big biggest Orange Cassidy fan at first. I want, after this, I would like Orange Cassidy to get the win somehow. I want him to go on a streak, and I want him to beat, screw it, I want him to beat Bill Goldberg's streak, undefeated streak. That's what I want with Orange Cassidy going forward. (laughs) I'm serious. I'm dead serious. I don't care. Just let him beat everyone. Let him beat Gilberg at one point. How, How does he not use the screwdriver as a finisher, by the way? That's, well, he's got to be able to pick people up like that, and uh, but that would be a good finishing name, though. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on, guys. All right. I'm not going over that match next. That's probably going to be the main event. This is definitely not in order. We got Hangman Adam Page versus Big Money Matt Hardy. Winner receives loser's 2021 first quarter earnings. What a great stipulation. That's all I got to say. Anyways, but uh, this should be a damn good match. Uh, but I don't, why, I don't know why Hangman wouldn't win. I don't want him to have help from the Dark Order. Um, maybe if Private Party gets involved, then maybe some hijinks like that. But I want Hangman to get a pretty good win over Matt Hardy and continue going forward. Uh, I don't know what that means for Big Bunny Matt if he gets a nice percentage of his money taken away from him but uh i don't know uh i think it's still going to be a pretty good match what do you think tom i'm with you I, it's going to be a really good match uh matt brings it every time he's in there and uh, he's still a pro he's still got it as the kids say and uh uh page is a future world champion uh, they still think highly of him he's he's not floated down anyone's uh radar at all he's still there and uh, I'm sure that there's always plans for him moving forward. I, I would be shocked if if he had dropped to the point of them not even considering him. I just don't see that. He's so good, and he's so smooth, and I would believe anybody in that company would love to work him that hasn't worked him yet. I believe anybody in outside companies would love to work to, to love to work Hangman Page because he's polished. He, he's good, and he knows what he's doing in the ring. So uh, this will be a good match. I, I do think Page will go over. Uh, it's not my favorite character of Matt's, uh, if I'm being honest, but, um, who knows what he'll do with it, uh, in the future. Maybe it'll, it'll become a little bit more entertaining. Um, I, I'm just such a fan of the broken stuff, but you know, Matt reinvents himself all the time. And I love that about him that he does. He doesn't want to stand still what works today. Eh, well, okay, I've done it. Let's do something different. So I, you know, hats off to him for that. I love the fact that he's willing to do something different. Um, I can't say I love it, but um, 
you know, we'll see what happens moving forward. But yeah, I think this will be a good match. Holy crap! I got to point something out. Where are you from, Tom? Uh, North Carolina. That's what I thought. <laughs> Just because you were talking right after we were, you know, uh, talking about Matt Hardy, you sound just like him. Has anyone ever told you that? <laughs> From an ignorant Georgian. I uh, actually interviewed Matt years ago uh, in the uh, company that I'm now social media director for uh, here in Carolina. So, uh, high velocity wrestling, shameless plug time. So, go there for you it. Go. There you go. Yeah, he, uh, and, and like, he's very personable. He's a good guy. And, you know, Carolina guys, especially Mid Atlantic region down here, you guys know we tend to be more personable. We tend to be more humble. Matt has worked in front of thousands of people, and he was the nicest guy, maybe one of the nicest guys I've ever met in the business. He was humble. He shook everyone's hand that wanted an autograph. He looked you straight in the eye and asked what your name was. As is, it's a trait of everybody in the business uh, in the locker room. We all do it, and. um He's just he's just such a personable guy, and you're like, man, this guy's he's been all around the world, and he acts like he's just one of us. I mean, he was very cool. So I'll take that comparison any day. Yeah, we should do promo offs, and you can just talk as yourself. Can you do the yes? <laughs> no? I don't know if I could pull it off like he could. You know. All right. Well, I'll I'll do. We can do a conversation between normal Matt Hardy and broken Matt Hardy. It'll be great. Um, <laughs> God, where are we going, Chris? Uh, who do you think is going to win this match between Adam Page and Mr. Money, Matt Hardy? So, so right off the bat, is this a ladder match? Or are they going to put the money in a briefcase? I don't it think It just so. says big money match, but I don't know what the fuck a big money match is. Uh, I guess it's a singles match. Yeah, so that that was the that that was my caveat is you're gonna have a big money match against Matt Hardy. You'd think there'd be a briefcase with money strapped to the ceiling somewhere. But uh yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like Adam Page is gonna win this and probably do the ultimate good guy thing and, and give the money to private party. Because they're the ones getting screwed over and Adam Page obviously doesn't care. He just wants to drink his whiskey and wrestle. So <laughs> if he goes that route, that'd be awesome. I love Matt Hardy. It's just, uh, unfortunately, he's going against Adam Page, who they're still trying to to, to ramp up. And um, I have Adam Page winning here. Big Matt Hardy fan. Just got Adam Page winning here. Should be a really good match, though. I'm actually excited to see what those two guys can do in the ring, knowing that they're probably going to get like 15, 20 minutes because it's AEW. Yeah. That's a very good point. All right, let's go to what probably be might be my favorite match of the night and probably will be the biggest train cr- crash. Well, I don't know. The championship match, I, I keep on forgetting about the FMW rules. But we have the ladder match uh, for a future AEW TNT championship match. We have Cody Rhodes with Mr. Arn Anderson in his corner. Scorpio Sky, Pentagon, Lance Archer with Jake Snake Roberts, Max Caster, and a mystery opponent. And just to let you know, we can kind of go into this afterwards. We don't know if this mystery opponent is the same person that Big Show was referring to when he said a Hall of Fame uh, worthy person will be signed with AEW. So those might be separate. They could be the same person. We don't know. We just know there's a mystery individual. So if you want to give your idea of who that could be, if you think it's the same person as the one Big Show is referring to, Either way, I 
Cody makes a lot of sense, but I, honestly, I would like to see either Pentagon or Scorpio Sky win this. Uh, preferably Scorpio Sky. I liked how he was a little bit, not bitchy, but just kind of you could tell he was aggravated when he was doing the uh, the announcing. Like he's got he he's got something to prove. He's kind of sick of just being an undefeated guy on AEW Dark, which I am too. He wants to be in the spotlight, and uh, I like that edge about him. So I'm gonna go with him or Pentagon. But, uh, I mean, I could see them putting on Cody or whoever this to-be-announced character is within this ladder match. I'll pass it to you, Tom. What do you think about this match? Um, it should be good. I mean, it's Cody's in it, which we know is going to get plenty of time, as it should. And uh, Scorpio Sky's flat-out heel again. I think that's pretty freaking obvious. He made it clear on commentary the other night because he couldn't quit talking about himself. That's not exactly a babyface trait. Uh Pantel Zeramito, I mean, he's what more can you say about this guy? He he is so freaking good. Uh, for some reason, him and Phoenix are still doing tag team stuff, which it is what it is. I still would love to see Phoenix go uh, become a world title contender, which I wish I, I think he will eventually. Archer's awesome. Archer has really come into his own. I love that he's he's finally found success in his career because he deserves it. Uh, Max Caster is still an unknown, but I like him. Good looking kid, got a good rap. He can work. Um, the, the to be decided thing or to be announced, I think it might be Kurt Angle. Um, he's he's trolling on online as he sometimes likes to do, and uh, he put a pic of himself up in ring gear, and I forget what platform it was on, and, and said, stay tuned. Um, I don't know. I think it could be Angle. I, I don't know where they're going to go with this. Sometimes when they pull off a surprise, it kind of like, okay, huh? Not that it's a letdown, but like they didn't tell anyone Sting was there, which that's fine. I would much rather be surprised. You know, I, I hate getting things spoiled, man. So when they do announce something big is going to happen, then it happens. You're like, okay, well, this is fine. I don't know if I love it, but it's fine. So, you know, it's just it's just one of those things. We'll see what happens. Um, I mean, whoever wins this is going to be facing uh, uh, Darby. So then I'd, I'd have to ask myself who matches up well with him. I mean... Kurt and Darby would have a phenomenal match, I'm sure. Um, any of these guys in this, I mean, Cody, obviously. I don't, dude. I don't know. It's tough. I'm going to go out on a limb and say whoever the to be announced guy is, the one who's going to go over. That's it. I mean, isn't that what happened last year? Uh, Brian Cage was that person. Then he came in and won it, so that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, one thing I'm going to throw out there now that I just thought about it. Okay, so they showed us all that horseman stuff, if you will. Arn came out, gave his approval, put out the four, and then went back. If Cody wins this, it's going to be pinning him against Darby Allen and who he considers one of his idols that kind of pushed him to the side because he liked Darby. This potentially could be Cody going against Darby and eventually beating the crap out of Sting and joining this type of horseman group and turning heel. Just throwing that thought out there. Uh, just based on stuff that's in place and knowing AEW, why it could be a little bit sporadic with its booking, usually sets stuff up in advance, unlike other companies that are at a Titan Tower. Anyways, Chris, what do you think about all this? Who's the to be announced? Who's going to win? Who would you like to win if it's not the same so person? Here, here's a question for both of you. Does the to be announced have to be whoever the big show announces, or can it just mm-hmm. be anyone on the roster? No, it. that's the thing. We don't know. A lot of people are speculating they're separate. Okay. Well, I will say Eddie Edwards is not on this card. 
So I'm going to go with Eddie Edwards wins here. Either him or Tully Blanchard, because it'd be you hilarious mean, if Tully You mean won. Kingston? Do you mean uh, Kingston? Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Kingston. Sorry, not Eddie Edwards. What am I talking <laughs> about? Yeah, Eddie Kingston. You got me. Eddie Actually, Kingston. Moose. Yeah, hey, they are coming hey. here, and he'll win. Hey, look, that we we forgot the impact guys. This could be an impact guy. How do we know? Uh, no, Eddie There's Kingston. Rob Van Dam. Uh, Eddie Kingston would be uh would be good here, and also like, wouldn't it be hilarious if Tully just like waits to the very end and runs up the ladder while everyone's down and grabs the title, and then gives it to have whoever the actual next member of the Four Horsemen is. Interesting. That's not going to happen. Yeah, very but, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably, I, I would say probably Eddie Kingston, Kurt Angle, or Christian. Christian would make sense because it's a ladder match. Those are the two people I think that the big show might be bringing in. And uh, who do you think is going to win? It's TBA. Whoever's coming in is TBA. Announced. Yeah, to be announced. I, I think they're going to come through if i had to pick someone outside of that probably uh penta see i I think that now it's become my want is either scorpio or penta but i think cody's gonna win but the to be announced person with all the rumors kurt angle obviously making that video and i hope that that's not that well i'd love to see him come back in some capacity but i am getting sick of getting spoiled for all these things i thought the way they handled big show was weird why announce that he's coming to the company on a tape night promote that you're going to announce it on the show but all you do is a voiceover that's obviously you know recorded after the fact saying that he's coming the next week you have Shaq the next week and you don't even have a stare down instead he comes out and interrupts that whole entire four horsemen thing and talks about another big signing other than himself it just seemed like it undercut him I mean imagine if Shaq left the ambulance like they found was kind of going the back, getting his stuff, limping, selling his injury. Someone tried to come up and interview him, and then all of a sudden he just looks forward, and you just go from down up of the big show laughing and smiling, saying, oh, so you're a wrestler now. I think that would have been a bigger impact. That's just me. You know, we can't always book, but... <laughs> I have to agree with you there. That probably would have made a bigger bigger impact for sure. And, you know, I'm... Bigger, I'm- Impact, pun intended, right? Uh, and I'm always the guy to take up for any veteran, for anybody, and and say, it's the same thing for Edge, man. When Edge came back and people, oh, Edge, you need to think about, people on Twitter had the nerve to say, Edge, you need to think about your family and your injury. And I'm thinking, first of all, you don't know who, you don't know Edge personally. You got a lot of guts to at him on Twitter and tell him to think about his family. It's none of your business what he does with his life in the ring. It's his body. It's his life. It's his family. Having said all that, the last few times I saw Kurt in the ring, he looked stiff, man. His knees, his legs, he could barely get up off the mat. Now, maybe he's okay now, but the last few times I saw him work, I was like, oh, man, this, I, I kind of started feeling bad. I thought, you know, it's not embarrassing me. I, I love the guy, but like, man, I know that's not what he wants is to not be able to move in the ring. So if he's okay now and can move, that's great. But if we get the same guy we got at the tail end of WWE, I'm almost thinking, I don't know, man. I mean, I want him to be okay and be healthy and not be hurting the whole time. But it's like, man, if if you can't move any faster, I mean, I don't know. It's not for me to say, right? But uh, if it's him, I just hope he's 100% or as close as he can be. Yeah, with Tom, I I have to agree with you there. And that's why I kind of lean more towards it being someone like Christian or um, Rob Van Dam. Because they can still move in the ring and it's a ladder match. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Kurt, it's not like Kurt Angle is known for his ladder matches. That would be a really weird spot to put him in. So unless they're just going to pull someone random that already exists on their roster, I, I don't. The Hall of Famer here would probably, to me, be Christian or Rob Van Dam. Because I, I still am still offish on the CM Punk thing. I know that's been floating out there, but I, I still am unaware of what the. I, I still don't know what that Fox contract looks like. It's interesting, man, but all I got to say is as much as it would be cool, you know, you have a Kurt Angle show up. If Christian does do this coup that a lot of people have, have wondered, even though I think he did resign, I'm not 100% sure on that, though. Uh, you know, Rob Van Dam's been a number uh, person thrown out there. It could be a big, big person like that. But if cult of personality hits, that fucking place is going to lose it, and every fucking fan at home is going to piss themselves. So, who knows? I don't, I'm not going to put that much stock into it. I would actually... It might be just someone like Chris Bay coming over from Impact to be in the ladder match, and then the person signed to AEW is Rob Van Dam. And if that's the case, just like, say, WandaVision, don't get your hopes up on the biggest fucking scenario that would be the coolest concept. Because when that doesn't play out, you might be a little bit disappointed, and you might have put a lot of that thought into your head yourself. So. <laughs> I mean, like, would would any fan not be excited about RVD showing up for a ladder match in AEW, though? Like, that's Dude. fucking awesome. Think about all the people RVD influenced on that fucking roster. Him and fucking Kenny? Come on. Jesus. All right. Yeah, the, the diehards would love it for sure. As far as punk, I, I you're not going to meet a bigger punk fan than me. I, I admit it. I'm, I love punk. always have, always will. He just he just seems to keep reiterating the fact that he's done with the business. I mean, now he's working on a show right now. I think or it might be Cody. I'm thinking I was working on something with Stephen Amell, but I think Punk's involved to some degree. I don't quote me on that. Punk's, I'm not sure. Punk's on the show, and he was rolling in the ring recently with Stephen Amell. Cody is the there producer of it, and it's filming in Georgia here. Uh, so Cody and him are interacting on like a, not a daily basis, but he's one of the main characters apparently. So I'm just saying it's weird if he's starting to roll around and get used to that, what's going to happen afterwards, <laughs> but don't put hey, too much stock into it guys. Just come in, cut a promo, deliver one GTS and I'm good. You don't have to come back and put wear and tear on your body. If you, if you're give happy, Tony, give Tony a GTS that would fucking make the place just go nuts. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the uh, the biggest thing with Punk is the Fox contract because I have not seen that that thing has been canceled, and I would assume they wouldn't want him showing up on a rival network. Good point. That's we haven't seen. Renee, I know Renee Young got pregnant, but she didn't jump to anything else immediately afterwards either. So that's a that is a good point. Well, well, I know that this is the most exciting thing to talk about. But I want to be able to get through the other matches because I realize we're probably going a little bit over uh, what you can do, Tom. No worries. So, no worries. All right, let's talk about this one. Hiroshida going against her old ri- rival, uh, Ryo uh, Mizunami, uh, for the AEW Women's World Championship. I think Hiroshida is going to win. And if not a surprise person comes out that we didn't expect, to come beat her ass, it's going to be maybe Britt Baker to start something. I just feel like there's going to be something after this match. Could be wrong. Don't really have a lot of care, already said, in this match, but I expect the match quality to be good. I mean, I'm not going to lie about that, but to me, Hiroshida, for the win. How do you feel, Tom? Same way? 
Yes. Uh, and, and this goes back to my earlier point about there being two truths quite a bit of the time. Uh, and, and from my perspective, Nala Rose gave Muzunami way too much, way too much. I think there's a line that, that can, yep. you can cross. I think she crossed way over the line. Nala Rose has been an absolute beast, pun intended, the way she's been portrayed, the way she carries herself. I, halfway through that match, I thought, man, she's, she's giving her a lot. Like I was, I was surprised by how much she was Aja giving her. Aja Kong did too. Um, yeah. And it. it's, and no disrespect to Mizunami at all. It's not against her, but I, cause you want to make her look tough and strong going into the sheet. I get that. I get all that. But at the expense of, of your heavyweight in the women's division, that's, I, I don't know if, Again, that's my perspective. Maybe I'm, they don't see it that way at all, and it was all about just making Mizunami look good. But, yeah, I think this is a, this will be Sheeta for the win. All right, Chris, we've been pretty much agreeing across the board on most stuff. Are you with us or are you against us, damn it? No, I'm 100% agreeing with you guys, and I agree with Tom on that. Like, Nyla gave way too much, especially because she's the person that's going to have to live at AEW after this. Mm. You know what I mean? Like the other person's going to go back to Japan and she just gave so much offense for no reason. She's supposed to be this absolute monster. And it also makes Britt Baker look bad. If you go back to the week before, it's just, it's a little bit ridiculous to me. If it was someone like Aja Kong, like an absolute monster versus Nyla. And you wanted to do that, especially because Aja is such a legend. That would have made a little bit more sense to me, but I I agree with you, Tom and, and Dane. Yeah, I Sheeta's gonna have to win here, just because that's uh, that's who they're betting on to be their top title holder, and uh, I think they're betting on the wrong person. If I'm being completely honest, they need to move that belt sooner rather than later because it's not the Oscar that they're looking for. You have to agree. All right. We have the tag match. Uh, the Young Bucks, Matt and Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, uh, the AEW World Tag Team Champions, going against the Inner Circle uh, with Chris Jericho and MGF uh, with Wardlow in their corner for the titles, guys. Um, I think we're going to have a spot where everyone hits each other and then ketchup is all over their hands and forehead at some point in this match. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, the Young Bucks have to win. I mean, I, I don't know if it's going to really make the inner circle look good, but I want them to hold the belt longer. I haven't really liked the storyline building up. I thought the stuff with their dad was really stupid, um, in my opinion. But this should be a damn good match. Uh, it's going to have MJF probably doing some dastardly things. I'm just wondering if there's going to be anything that happens between Jericho and MJF. Like, if one causes the loss, is that going to be a confrontation? Because it seems, and I could be wrong, like the Undisputed Era is going to be coming towards an end sooner rather than later. Um, but, yeah, what do you think, Tom? Who do you got in this match? Uh, first off, I think the Bucks' dad wanted to get color. He legit wanted to, and they told him no. He was That's all for they, it. Yeah. He was all for it, and you know, good, good on him. You know, if you're, if you're gonna do it, do it, man. But uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, it, it, it looked hokey what they did. But uh, uh, the whole inner circle thing is gonna implode at some point. Uh, but listen, no matter what you may think of Jericho on a personal level, and I got thoughts. Um, him and MJF on Jericho's latest podcast is absolute gold. 
hilarious. My God in heaven. It is so freaking good. Those two guys riff off of each other so well. And I don't want to see them break up, but I think this whole Sammy Guevara thing is a plot to get MJF out. Um, I don't know why you would do that because it babies MJF out. MJF's got no place being a baby face ever, 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 ever. Um, so I don't know where in the world they're going with it. And, the, and going the other direction, babies out Jericho. Do you want to do that? So I think they'll just roll with it as is. And honestly, I think Jericho and MJF get the belts tomorrow night. All right. Well, I mean, it could happen. It's definitely a possibility. I mean, it'd just be weird. The biggest thing that's weird to me, like I said, and I understand these guys within the company, especially Jericho, are bigger on the, you know, on the totem pole, if you will. But Prime Powerful is one of the best tag teams that you have. The former LAX. Uh, I don't know. That that still bothers me. Maybe that will be, if they do win, maybe LAX will be like, hey, what's up, guys? So that can cause some other stuff. I would rather them with Conan again, but I'm not going to keep on wishing for that because if you wish in one hand, whatever the fuck the saying is. Uh, Chris, what do you think? What are you going to do if Pride and Powerful's contract comes up and they're the first team to shift to WWE? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that it's gonna happen. You're gonna see a bounce back the other direction at some point. Uh, it's very curious to me. Um, as far as the pick here, I'm gonna go with the Young Bucks, and I'm gonna say Sammy Guevara interferes. And um, as far as the splitting up of the inner circle, I think it will be more so on the side of Pride and Powerful, maybe siding with Sammy Guevara, and you can have Chris Jericho and MJF still both be heels. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but I we haven't heard anything from Sammy Guevara. Seems like a time for him to show up. Papa Buck also looks like he would be a very, very good heel manager, <laughs> by the way. Like this, yeah. this like I'm in a cover band in the, the mid-2000s look that he's got going on <laughs> is great. Yes. Um, um but yeah, like I, this match will be very, very good, especially because the Bucks are in there, and MJF will probably do most of the work. Jericho will hit his high spots, brawl around. Should be a fun match. Uh, but I, I do have the Young Bucks retaining here because I, I don't think they drop the titles. I mean, you're building to FTR, and FTR versus the Inner Circle is not what people want to see necessarily. Hey, I've got something for you. We we kicked off the show with Crockett, right? Um, in my opinion, this roster is getting so thick and it's to the point that they need a second set of tag team titles. And you could call it the TNT tag team championships. You call it whatever you want, but I think it would be fine. And I don't think they would be looked at as lesser titles at all. And there's enough teams there. You could hold two different sets of championships and I would love it. I, I think that's what's called for here. I, Cause with, with all the great teams you have, only one team can hold the belts. So as a consolation, or at least as a way to build up other teams under the top guys, I think you need a secondary tag team belt. I'd be all for it. I, I you know, have it's to... funny because Chris – oh, I, I, I wonder if you're about to go into this, Chris. I'll just set it up real quick. Chris had a great idea of taking the Fuck the World title, the FTW title, just making two of them and putting that shit on Brian Cage and um, – what the hell's his name? The other big guy. Um, powerhouse Will Hobbs, Hobbs yeah. Will Hobbs and making them a badass tag team being like the super heavyweight fucking tag team titles or something like that. 
yeah, essentially, you know, you're, you're, uh, whatever they call it, New Japan, but basically you're super badass tag team. If you give both of them the FTW titles and having them run through people like the Road Warriors to build up to a tag match against some of these smaller guys like the Young Bucks. Um, but yeah, I love the idea of two tag team championships, especially because they're about to have three shows. They're yeah. about to be on the same level as WWE because they're going to have a show on Tuesday, right? Monday and Tuesday for the for YouTube dark. shows. Yeah, for the yeah. dark shows. And and they should have a tag title that it's on dark. Well, they're going to have their second show out eventually, too, on TNT. They're just trying to figure out that as well. And also, you said Crockett Cup. That's, you know, you brought up the idea of having a second set of titles. What about some of these tag teams going and and being a part of the Crockett Cup and potentially winning the NWA World uh, Tag Team Championships? There's a lot of places they can go. Also, the Impact Tag Champs, the the Good Brothers are there hanging out. So, I don't know. Just uh, just depends if you can if you can put the NWA Women's Championship on the line on your shows, you should be able to do other ones as well. Who who are the tag teams in NWA right now? I don't even know who the champion is, but I'll I'll check that out now that you mentioned that. Well, wasn't I was it, doing it? Was I mean at one point it was question mark and um, uh, dude, buddy, God uh, with the beard, Aaron Stevens, Aaron, Aaron, Stevens. Aaron Stevens, yeah. You've got they Royce were... and you've got Royce and Latimer. Um, they're actually running with Nick Aldis. They had those guys. Yeah, yeah. They're good team. They're good well, team. That's, too. Uh, Camille is um, with uh, the guy with the beard. Yes. Right? Yeah. But Kingston is already in AEW. That's like half their tag division. The people that we just named. So like, uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, it would be cool to see the NWA tag titles because they're gorgeous titles. But Oh, they're great. I love them. Oh, cool, man. <laughs> yeah, they're great. But... Man, uh, they didn't really. They, I mean, they tried, but that's a very small roster in general with NWA. Uh, it was also really weird that they had to rip all of their stuff off of YouTube. It just bad timing because Josephus passed away, and then they ripped all of their stuff off YouTube directly after for uh, that Fight TV contract, which is just very unfortunate. Yeah, it is. Yep. All right, well, let's let's move on. Uh, probably, the I would say, the second biggest match on this, at least uh, in a curiosity standpoint. Team Taz, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. Taz in their corner against Darby Allen and Sting in a street fight. And guys, I really, now with Sting interacting in the ring and knowing from Tony that, you know, outside of stuff between this and WWE, he's been working on his body. I don't know if that's... Stem cell related or, or you know, cryogenic uh, therapy, a lot of stuff to be able to get your body back in shape. But he looked good. It was great seeing him interact this last two weeks. And thank God he didn't die from the powerbomb. But what I'm trying to say is I don't know if this is going to be, you know, what we thought it was going to be a pre-recorded match, um, a cinematic match. So do you think it's a cinematic match? And who do you think is going to win? I'm going for Darby and Sting. I don't know. It just sucks because that means it's another loss for Team Taz, but I don't know why the hell you would have them mismatch and have them lose unless something happens throughout the midst of it. Uh, but I don't think, actually, it's going to be cinematic. I think it's going to be a real match. And like I said, Darby and Sting will win. Tom, what do you think? Yeah, and it sounds like they keep using the words in the ring. 
uh, which means it sounds like to me it won't be cinematic. Uh, I love Sting. I always have. And, uh, uh, and you know, again, again, man, it's, it's one of those guys that if you listen to any of the scuttlebutt online, if you're silly enough to do so, oh, well, Sting's taking a paycheck. He went to them, and he wanted money. And I'm like, uh, okay, it's great that everybody thinks they know what the truth is when really no one knows. So funny how that works. But uh, Well, Tom, I, I, not only that, but if people do go for money, it's because it's a fucking business, yes. and sometimes it partially is about money. Yes. Sorry for people that think that, you know, me being a musician, love to be able to get a big contract. I love my music, but also part of it would be money. I mean, ugh, I hate that concept. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I'm with I, you. I'm, I'm with you. It is a business, and, and I don't fault any of these guys for getting paid at all. I mean, that you should get your money, period. That's how this is supposed to work. You're right. It is totally a business. Um, but just the idea of, of that, that's the image they put on these guys, as if to suggest that Sting doesn't care about the business anymore. That Of course he does. And, of, and of course, I mean, dude— Steve Borden does not want to walk into an AEW ring where he's never performed and look like a putz. He's not going to do it, and he'll do everything in his power to make sure that, that doesn't happen. Not only will they be sure it doesn't happen, he'll be sure it doesn't happen. There's a lot of ego involved here and a lot of pride as well. It's going to be a really, really good match, and it may be the one I'm looking forward to the most, to be honest with you. I'm really looking forward to this match. All right, Chris, what do you think? And I, I am hope, too, by the way. I hope Sting takes a dump in all the haters' mouths tonight. Let's just be completely <laughs> honest. Look, if he feels good enough to go in the ring, that's his body, that's it, that's his life, that's what he wants to do. Let him go. Um, that whole concept of Sting doesn't really care about the business, the money stuff, that all stems from his very, very early beginnings being a guy that got pulled out of Gold's Gym who wasn't a wrestling guy. But over the years, like, think about how much he put up within TNA and, yeah. and how much respect he has for the fans and how much of a nice guy this comes after, like, comes off as, and, and how well someone like Ric Flair talks about this guy. He is that wrestler. So if you're still, like, scanned in on this story from like 1986-1987 about Sting, get the fuck over it. Uh I love it. I hope Sting puts uh Ricky Starks and a, a Scorpion Deathlock in the center ring makes him tap out. So my pick is Sting and Darby Allen. And also like people stop picking on Sting, man. Just let him be him. Sting's great. Leave him alone. He's obviously fine. He took a giant ass power bomb the other night and was completely fine. So and if if I had to put money on this if I had to, I would say that he told Cage, you put me through the ring. G- give it to me. Because if he can't take a power bomb on live TV, he's got no business getting in a street fight. So, you, you, yes, he took it. And I'm sure he said, don't hold back. Because that's the pro that Sting is. Yeah, and he also didn't say, hey, give me a buckle bomb, bro. Right. <laughs> um, a power bomb. I mean, like Sting only has to do so much, and and he's kind of showed that in the past little run-ins yet. Like short arm clothesline, short arm clothesline. Throw him into the uh, into the ropes, or, or into the corner. Throw him back into the other corner. Hit the stinger splash. Hit the stinger death drop. That's all he has to do. He's fucking Sting. Like that's all you need him to do. You only need him to hit six things. So and beat his chest. Yes, like you just need Sting to be Sting. He doesn't have to be that awesome. Now, 
TNA didn't understand that concept. So they're like, you and you and uh, Kurt Angle will have to have a 30 minute match or whatever. That's, that's a different story. But for this, for this storyline in this tag match, Sting will be awesome. I think he's going to hit the Stinger death drop, put the Scorpion uh, death lock on Ricky Starks. He's going to tap at the building ring. I mean, the buckle bomb needs right. to be gone. Buckle bomb needs to be gone. And whoever uses it, We're should stop. That. Because you can't see where you're going, and neither can the guy who's giving it to you. And when you can't see where you're going, there's a good possibility you're going to get really, really hurt. So it's, in my opinion, it's an unsafe move. I think it should be gone. I, I agree. We, and also we talked about this. That, that, that also goes for uh, Brian Cage doing the buckle bomb to the post like he tried to do the Pillman. Holy fuck, man. No need to fucking do powerbomb into the post outside. No need to do it to the turnbuckle at all anymore. That well, can't I, Seth, both of you guys. I, I will say they just do it wrong because you could do a buckle bomb to the post safely if you just run the guy into the post on the powerbomb and then set them out into a powerbomb. Don't throw them into the post. Like, I don't know what the fuck that's about. Uh, but yes, we've talked about this on the show. The buckle bomb is just a very unsafe move that you, there's no way you can guard yourself because what if that guy overthrows you and you actually land on the post, which we haven't seen happen yet, but it will happen at some point. I had Jacks almost did with Kari Sane. She hit the bottom one for Cray six. Yeah. Just a dumb move, man. If the power, if, if you're going to take the fucking pal driver out because you think that's unsafe because Owen Hart broke Stone Cold's neck doing a random weird version of a tombstone. Give me a fucking break. Take out the goddamn buckle bomb. I'm completely with you guys. All right. Let's get to the last match, guys, and we'll get you out of here, Tom. The Big Daddy. <laughs> God, I love the package with Onita. I hope maybe Onita's in the audience or something. Maybe he's the referee randomly. I doubt it, but it was still cool to see him, you know, with the FMW footage, really hyping this up. I don't expect this to be a pretty match. This is such a strange concept. This is like nut crazy. Like, all right, Terry Funk did this type of stuff. Cactus Jack did this type of stuff. I could never see someone like a Brad Armstrong fucking jumping in the ring with them and and, and doing this. And Kenny's so out of place, you know, in this. But I think somehow he's going to win. And I don't know if it's going to be some interference with the Good Brothers I think this is going to be a spectacle. I don't expect it to be great. But, number one, I can't wait to hear Jim Cornette break this down and pull it apart whenever he gets a chance to. Because I might like it, but I know that he's probably going to fucking hate it. But, um, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen a match like this. Uh, I don't know. I guess I was less squeamish when I was a kid. And I would get the videos. <laughs> what do you think about this, Tom? Exploding barbed wire death match. First of all, it should have been called exploding. That would have been the best. Exploding barbed wire. Yeah, awesome. Uh, man, so John Moxley is John McClain in Die Hard. I think we can all agree on that. He he will do whatever it takes to take Hans Gruber down. And he doesn't care what it does to himself. He'll rappel off the side of the building, walk across broken glass with bare feet. He'll do it. Uh, if it means he gets to save the day and be the cowboy, hippie Kaye, right? Uh, I, I love John. I, I freaking love John Moxley. We need John Moxley in this business. He is a needed asset. He's not a guy that always oh, used to be the shield. Well, I don't want to hear that garbage anymore. It's over. Let it go. He he. They need him. Um, pro wrestling is a variety show. We all know that. And and tomorrow night will be no different. You need a little bit of everything. This is going to be ridiculous. 
and silly at points, not like haha silly, but like, oh my God, what are they going to do now? You need some of this. You don't need it every night, just like you didn't need ECW eight days a week. ECW was good in small doses. Uh, this will be good for an occasional holy crap moment. I'm good with that. Um, they're going to go in there and it's, they're going to make it look like they're killing each other and they really won't, but it's going to look like it and they're going to put their bodies through some insane stuff for your entertainment. Omega goes over because I, I truly believe we're leading to a super show at some point in the middle of this year. I think we're going to see New Japan, Ring or not Ring of Honor, but New Japan and Impact and AEW on the same card. And I don't know what that means or where it's going to be. Uh, but in, in my in my way of thinking, we're looking at June and July for a massive super show. I could be dead wrong, but I think that means Kenny keeps the belt until that time. So I think Kenny goes over tomorrow night. I like that. Um, I don't know if you have like a battle of the champions themselves, just seeing who's the best. I mean, I think that sure AEW would want to be that. Or if you have a bunch of championship matches themselves, or you have like Kota Bushi versus Kenny Omega. Uh, you can also involve NWA with Nick Aldis, yes. MLW, AAA. You know, there's a lot of options to do from there with all the organizations that work together. So I hope that could happen. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see, but I love that idea. Chris, how do you feel about this match? I think that you've probably watched, I'm assuming at least, uh, more of these matches than I had. I had two VHSs I wore out that I bought from whatever the hell video store was in the mall of Georgia. Um, but just my eyes were bewildered. It looked like, it looked like I had a calcium deficiency. My eyes were bugging out of my head or I was at a Grateful <laughs> Dead show. Dude, Suncoast video. Every time, there they you sell go. You, every time they sell you a video, they should give you a smoke because you just got fucked. How much did those movies cost there? Like $24 or something? Yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Suncoast. No wonder you're out of business. Go to sleep. Um, Let's see. All right. So to Tom's point, if you're looking at June and July, like I said on last week's show, Mr. Okada did say he's going to win this New Japan Cup and he's coming for the title and hell's coming with him. That'd be great. I I, I have Omega pegged here just because Moxley is about to have a kid and he's going to be gone for a couple months. If we're being realistic, uh, how this match finishes, I have no idea. I'm assuming there will be some kind of weird fuck finish i will say i loved onita showing up and uh his english translator on twitter was very very weird because he just kept talking about like being explosive but not in relation to the match i don't know if you guys saw that uh but it was <laughs> it was pretty great but uh he the reason onita is not going to be at ringside is mr pogo his in-law that's what he said in his tweet. So originally he was going to be here, but apparently he's concerned about health health things, from what I gathered from his tweet. Oh, Pogo's uh, in bad health? Well, not in bad health, but I guess COVID, I, COVID and just oh, not wanting to yeah. risk it uh, would be my guess. So that's why Onita is not going to be there. But they did reach out the extension, and that's why he did the video. So don't expect the Onita run-in. But uh, I'm... Uh, bold prediction, Sabu shows up, beats both these guys in this barbed wire match. King of barbed wire matches, Sabu points to the sky. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, no, Omega's probably going to take this. It's just too soon to take the title from him. And like I said, 
uh, Moxley's going to be gone in like a month or two anyway, so it, it doesn't make sense to switch the title, especially with the cross-promotion stuff they have going on. And they're probably going to build, like I said, to uh, Okada in the summer, I would think. Which Either sucks Okada for... or Kota Bushi, which is the Golden Lover concept. Either of those guys would be perfect for him to go back and forth with. Yeah, but if you're looking at that and you're like, people really remember Ibushi and Omega together versus Okada versus Omega, like it's it's Okada, it's it's that match. One that... the one the matches are there. The other one, the story is there. I guess for the Golden Lovers and 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 whatnot. Yeah, I mean the story is there for people that really deep dive into wrestling, but the match is there for anyone that likes wrestling at all. With Okada and Omega, so I Good it's point. it's just a different thing. Well, I'm just I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to the point where I'm just gonna put so much want into this. So now my two choices that are gonna be in the ladder match are either Rob Van Dam or Moose, the TNA World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, the guy that Big Show's talking about is actually gonna be CM Punk. He's gonna make his appearance, and then after Kenny wins. Okada's music hits, he comes out, and Kurt Angle, one of his favorite wrestlers, will be his talking piece going forward. Guys, <laughs> I'm calling it right now, Las Vegas style. Get your fucking hopes up, damn it. But don't put damn. money on it. But don't yeah, yeah. put... No, do it. Go for it. Do whatever you <laughs> no, want. No, because oh, Okada no just worked in Japan three nights ago, and yeah. They have jets. Maybe he borrowed uh, Crockett's jet. They're still doing two week quarantine though, right? He can't show up and yeah. work three nights later, right? So yeah, it's, listen, it's hey, do you, do you know who didn't work? Naito. So is uh, Naito the TBA? No, Naito worked. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, he worked. He worked uh, Great Ocon on the uh, March fourth show. Well, since you seem to have the information, Tom, do you know anyone that's a big name that didn't work? Oh, that's a good question. I'm thinking. Suzuki, he's the open weight uh, champion, right? Suzuki was no, on no, the that's Tanahashi. Yeah, Tanahashi's never open weight champion. Dude, much in the same way I'm the biggest punk fan, I'm also a huge Okada fan. I have such reservations about him coming to the States. First of all, if WWE's not handling him, yay, because awesome, because we have no business seeing McMahon put his hands on Rainmaker. It just should never happen, and that's the end of that story. Um, him and AW could be different, could be fun, could be awesome. But then I just imagine that on the times that he would need to lose a match. Cause he would, he would eventually, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think Khan has the best of intentions. And I think that of the two companies, AW has let me down the least number of times, if I'm being honest. So maybe I should just be quiet about it. Just give it a chance. But I'm, it's almost like you've got your favorite band that no one's ever heard of. And then they they hit it big, and you almost don't want to see them hit it big because you're like, oh, man, something's going to happen. And now everyone will know who they are. Not that the whole world doesn't know about Okada. I get it. But I don't know. I'm just – I hesitate because I know that Japan has treated him and displayed him as the guy that he is. And I just – I want to be sure whatever company he goes to to do business with, they do him the same justice because he deserves it. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, if something was unjust with Okada, he would just fucking twist Omega into a knot. That's, I mean, that's the actual difference is Okada, because of the New Japan Strong Style, he would just twist Omega into a knot and be like, I'm not losing. Right. 
So uh, I would assume that they would do like a double DQ or something like they would do a, a not a double DQ, but the uh, the time limit draw time if, limit if, draw or something like they didn't. The first the first Kenny Omega uh, Okada match went to a time limit draw. So there's no reason you can't do that. Then have one of them drop the title and then have the rematch and then have one of them go over. I think it's good business for both of them. And uh, it's the most money. I, I know people love Abushi, but it's the most money they're going to make is the Okada match. I mean, Stone Cold put it over as his like best match of all time. Like, it's it's no secret that that was a great match. It God was a damn. Great match. Yeah. I love One hell Okada. of a damn match. Um, yeah, I agree. And you're speaking to the choir, or preaching to the choir, I should say, Tom, because me and Chris... Huge. I, I would say Okada's my favorite wrestler uh, of the modern era. Uh, I don't know if it's easily, because I don't see him enough to be able to compare it, but he's definitely, I have to consider him the best in-ring worker out of anyone, much like I did with Shawn Michaels back when I was younger. So, yeah, I mean, Okada's bell. Our bell music bell. is actually Okada's theme. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> bell to bell, it's probably him and AJ Styles. Yeah. And it just depends on the groundwork you give them and how much time they give you give yeah, them. Great matches together. All right. Well, Tom, uh, dude, it was so awesome having you on. We had you an hour and 45. We were just going to go for an hour, but I think it just flowed with the conversation. We hope that we didn't, uh, you know, hold you up at all. It's all good, man. I enjoyed it. Thank you guys for having me on. Uh, it was a blast. Uh, cool. Always cool to talk to business. So, yeah, uh, much thanks to both of you. Well, thank you for your contribution with, you know, writing some awesome articles that we're looking forward to seeing uh, in the future for Greek Fives Nation. Um, and we'll definitely want to have you on again in the future. Um, and hopefully we can get something new worked out to have Chris on your show sometime soon uh plug anything you would like uh, i already said definitely check out tom clark's main event you can give the times and everything i believe if i'm correct it's fridays at noon fridays at noon eastern standard time uh we go live on wrestling rumors facebook live the show is available after the fact on all the major platforms uh, my second podcast is tom clark 6m podcast and we talk about movies music marvel magazines miniseries and more and it's yeah, it's basically an umbrella podcast, and I've I've had several different go- co-hosts in the past year. Um, I've got a backlog of episodes. We do a lot of evergreen stuff because I deliver one a week, so I want to keep it uh, keep it rolling. It uh, and this is going to sound egotistical, and I don't mean it to, uh, but I I often say I want to make the kind of podcast that I would enjoy listening to personally. And it's not about the sound of my own voice. I just I want to talk about stuff that is relevant in my head and that I would be curious to hear on someone else's show. And that's what I tried to do with my pods. And, and you know, whether I hit the mark, who knows? It, everyone's got their uh, opinion, and it's all subjective anyway, right? But um, hopefully hopefully anyone that checks it out digs it. And, uh, yeah, any feedback's appreciated. But, uh, yeah, that's where I roll, man. I love doing it. So, yeah, good stuff. Well, any of your listeners that decide to come over here and check us out, uh, appreciate you guys uh, checking us out. And any of our listeners, definitely check out Tom's stuff. Um, Chris, say goodbye to our, our lovely guest. Um, say whatever you want to say. Sing him a song. <laughs> sing yours. <laughs> sing, sing a song.
No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Tom, it's great having you on, man. I look forward to uh, coming on your show at some point, and uh, maybe we'll get a little, we'll get a little into a little bit of argument. It'll be fun for the fans. Hey, man, I, I welcome debate. <laughs> I always welcome debate with somebody that uh, has a valid point, doesn't argue because it's fun to argue. Uh, and you strike me as being the guy that that argues because he's got a point to make. So I, I'm I'm good with that all day. Anytime, man. Let's let's hook something up. I'm all for it. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, man, thank you so much for coming on our show. Really appreciate it. Yes, sir. You guys take care. I appreciate it. You too, Tom. Have a good night, man. You too. All right. Well, that was fun, man. Uh, really like Tom. It was really happy to be on his show. Uh, definitely want to try to get – we've talked about uh, me going on his uh, movie show in the future. And, obviously, he's going to try to get something with you for one of his wrestling ones going forward. But good dude, great writer, um, you know, he likes wrestling, and he's not a dick. Not saying that I'm not, but still, he's not. He's a really nice guy. Uh, <laughs> what do you think, Chris? I love Tom, man. He's got he's got a silky smooth voice. I want him telling me a bedtime story, if I'm being dude, honest. Dude, he sounded like, just like Matt Hardy. I, I, yes. I couldn't help it. Love, I love Tom. I definitely check out his shows, our listeners. It's, it's really good shit and definitely check out the articles because he's doing a really great job over there on geekvibesnation.com. Yep. All right. Well, uh, I guess let's let's fly through some of the highlights on AEW and NXT. What is this one? List okay, of, oh, so I found, uh, I found, NXT I found, was a throwaway. <laughs> yeah, essentially <laughs> NXT was completely a throwaway. That's why it's like I, I don't really want to spend, I think, a ridiculous amount of time. We talked a lot about the stuff on AEW through the pay-per-view, but some of the stuff we didn't hit. Let's talk about some of the highlights. I'll go through this. Uh, I think the number one thing, Chris, the match that no one thought was going to be good, and somehow it fucking was, we had Shaquille O'Neal, Jay Cargill against Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet. And... Um, I thought Jade, for this being her first broadcasted match, looked really, really good. She kind of over-healed uh, <laughs> it up a bit sometimes. Uh-huh. And I'm sure Jim Ross was having a heart attack, Chris. Like, will you just pin her? What are you doing? You know, but uh, I thought that she presented herself well. She did a lot of – her and Shaq did a lot of stereotypical things you would think they would do. There was a part where Red Velvet did a crossbody to Jade, and she rolled it up and did a, a reverse uh, slam, which I've seen people do. It makes sense. Shaq did a lot of big man stuff, like the, he, you know, Cody tried to count him. At the one count, he launched him off him, like you know, uh, uh, what you call it, Andre style. But they did a hell of a lot better, and this match was a hell of a lot better than it should have been. And I kudos to Shaq for taking a table spot like that. Uh, that looked like it sucked, like the table should have been further out because he kind of overshot most of the first one, went right through the second one, his head kind of like smashed. You see Cody crowd his head immediately afterwards. A little scary, but, uh, you know, you know, Shaq Daddy, he, he, uh, he did a good job. So I like Shaq. I like Jade. I think she has a lot of potential. Red Velvet's actually a really good worker. So good stuff, and I thought I was going to shit all over this, Chris. All right, I am going to shit all over this because uh, the rest of the match outside of Shaq and Cody was kind of bad. Um, Jade Cardgill, 
her ability to hit a move and then flex and then hit a move, then flex and hit a move, then flex was pretty bad. Shaq got put through a table and she's flexing and not checking on her partner that brought her into this kind of thing was a little bit weird. But we'll talk about it as a celebrity match because that's kind of what it was. Um, they, They really did book Shaq as Andre the Giant. Just hit yep. them big chops. Cody will get a gut kick in, get a little move, and then you just hit him with a sick power bomb. And that and power I bomb the was tribute to Brody, the, the taunt right beforehand. That was really nice. That was it cool. was so beautiful. The arms thrown out, perfect power bomb. Cody lands perfect. He fucking accordions himself, but he got set down so perfect on his back. And you're like, man, Shaq's been in the gym working, working on this. And then you remember like. Shaq's like what a four-time NBA champion. Like this is a this is a legit athlete. This is not just like we're bringing in Snooky. Um, I, I I loved everything about Shaq. I feel like that the reason they were at like nine three million or whatever um, was because of Shaq. He had to boost those numbers at some point, like to like one point five or something. It was ridiculous because this match was great for what it was. Um. I love they basically did the Hogan Andre spot, and I think they did it on purpose where Shaq kind of just jumps and <laughs> jumps in Cody's arms and Cody kind of body slams him. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that one spot is kind of after the power bomb. I love this match. I thought it was great. I love Shaq. I know there's some people that, that aren't fans of Shaquille O'Neal for various reasons. If you're an NBA fan, uh, he gives some very unpopular opinions, but uh, as a kid that grew up during the time period of Shaquille O'Neal, I'm a big Shaq fan. Love Papa Shaq. Maybe I'll order a Papa Shaq pizza after this. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I thought Put it was on some icy hot. And get some insurance from uh, farmers. General or whatever. <laughs> general. <laughs> yeah, general. Um, yeah, him and Snoop Dogg, they're all about the general auto insurance. Um, Jade Cargill looks like she could be a star, but that was the one weak spot of the match. Is, uh, they were putting her over, but she put tried to put herself over too much. Like she would hit hard cam and pose and hit hard cam and pose. Like after every move kind of thing. Um, dial that back who a looks, little bit. Who looks more physically impressive between Jade Cargill and Camille from uh, NWA? Mm. Probably Jade Cargill. They both have incredible physiques. Yeah, Ridiculous. I mean, she's an incredible athlete. I think she could be a really good wrestler. What did she hit the? Uh, what was Beth Phoenix's move called? Lamp slam. Yeah, that was part. Like she hit that perfect. It was just the all the aftermath. It's like she got the pin and then didn't even go check on Shaq who was dead. <laughs> <laughs> He's so like a motherfucker though. I think he actually went to sleep. Like, he's like, I'm gonna lay here so long, I'm gonna go to sleep. He just goes in the back, and he's like, Oh, where's the icy hot fuck? <laughs> Someone said that like uh like Shaq's shoe was bigger than like <laughs> Cody's yeah. leg. And I'm like, probably like from heel to ink like knee, maybe. Dude's a dude's a monster. And it was really fun. Like, how did WWE never utilize Shaq properly? You know because what I mean? T- that's 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 one thing I will give Tony a lot of props to. 
He's like, dude, I don't care if a wrestler's like fucking older in age. If they want to still fucking perform, we can figure out something for them. Or I don't care if they're celebrity. If they want to come in and actually do something, because I'm not gonna say Pat McAfee was was Vince's choice. That was Triple H. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care if they're coming from another organization. I'll try to help them out so we can trade talent maybe in the future. Like, to that level, I really do appreciate Tony Khan. And you have to give a shout out to Shaq because he apparently he trained for like two or three months for this thing. Like, you know, this guy's making a lot of money in other various avenues. He didn't need to do wrestling. He just wanted to do wrestling. And you're like, you guys had the big show and you put him against Floyd Mayweather and had him get knocked out. Like, how is this? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's ridiculous. And now they have the big show and. And in the back of my mind, even if they have this match, I'm like, well, Shaq will beat the shit out of the Big Show because Big Show got knocked out by <laughs> Floyd Mayweather. Um, well, that's the that's the next question. Were you surprised you saw no interaction from Show and Shaq, especially when Shaq mysteriously disappeared from the uh, the uh, ambulance? Because I no, did. I was like, what? I will say this, no, because I feel like they're using these shows to bounce off of each other ratings-wise. And uh, because they're on the same network, Shaq is going to be doing the NBA playoffs, which should be happening in, uh, let's say, April, May, I think, is when the NBA playoffs start. He's going to be a big part of that. So I I feel like he'll filter back in the show during that. I mean, this is a cross-promotion thing between the NBA and and, uh, AEW, and I think it works. Like, who doesn't want to watch Shaq? And also, Shaq has that uh, TV show. Apparently, Shaq also has been training MMA. Like, they showed him wrestling <laughs> on one of his shows. I don't know if you've ever watched the Shaq uh, show. He has, like, a reality series. But they showed Shaq doing, like, jujitsu training. And I'm like, well, that's, like, unfair for anyone. Because, like, what if Shaq just lays on them? <laughs> that's, like, that's like getting attacked by a fucking bear that knows martial arts. Like, fuck that. <laughs> Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I love this match. I mean, for what it was, it was better than what I expected. Obviously, we didn't get Brandy Rhodes, which kind of sucked. But um, it was a highlight of Jade Cargill. I She just needs to dial back the look at the camera pose a little bit and get a little better in ring. And I think she could be a superstar. She's got a great look. And the glam slam is awesome. She pulled that off perfectly. So, Yep. I, props. I think you are... Absolutely right. You said props. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, I was just going to say props to both her and Red Velvet on the finish of that match because, you know, Red Velvet took it and sold it perfectly. It's kind of a weird move to take because you're getting lifted, like, face forward and getting slammed down. So, like, you know, it was good. I liked this match. I know some people are just like, oh, gosh, no. Well, like, aside from the over over um, taunting, I thought Jade's presence and her uh, how she just seemed natural in the ring as far as, like, you know, feeding off the crowd. She obviously needs to work in the ring a bit more. But Red Velvet, stylistically, her actual athleticism really impressed me. So I thought it was a lot of fun. The thing the, I told you, the thing I found most egregious is when Cody got powerbombed and then got up with .2 seconds afterwards and then did that body slam spot. I was like, oh, right, come on, man. It's you, Cody. The fuck? He just, like, powerbombed you through the ring and the floor underneath the ring. 
Yeah, I don't know if, like, I, I'm assuming that's, I don't want to call it acting, but it's called blocking and acting, where Shaq went to his spot too soon. That could be So, it. So Cody's reaction was, I'm going to thumb this guy in the eye, because obviously they had worked these spots out with Shaq. I mean, Shaq's not a professional wrestler. And uh, fucking Kevin Nash should be lucky that Shaq is not a professional wrestler, because that's the real big diesel right there. Let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see him and Andre now. Jesus. I I mean, he was. That's uh, what I thought of. He they booked him right. We'll say that. So I liked this match. I know other people are like, I don't understand why Shaquille O'Neal is doing like calm down, man. Sometimes you're going to have celebrity matches. This was not egregious. I would throw this in the level of the Stephen Amell type matches where it was fun. They did something really cool with Shaq. He's a big dude. They did a big dude match, and he didn't take a pin, you know. Well, if he wants to add uh, to this little group if, with him and Jade eventually, maybe uh, he can be in Moose's corner. I think they would interact really well together. Um, you know I'm a Moose Mark. I'm just going to mention him for no fucking reason. <laughs> um, I would also, for everyone out there, keep in mind that Shaquille O'Neal is 50 years old. Jesus, yeah, dude. There's so, there's no reason a guy that big should take a table spot like that. <laughs> he, he's <laughs> he's he's fifty years old and he played basketball for forever, so his knees are gone, and he still yep. gave you what I would call a quality big man match. Everything you would want from a big guy, I think Shaq kind of gave you. He gave you the big chops. He gave you the big uh, the knee to the chest. Gave you the power bomb. Like, what do you want from this man? I thought it was great. I love the test of strength where Cody couldn't even, like, jump to be able to get to his hands. She was awesome. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Uh, we had a match with Pac and Ray Phoenix. They destroyed two dudes. Anyways, inner circle press conference. I think this went down better <laughs> for me because the next day, yesterday, I should say, we're recording on a Saturday. I listened to what me and... um. Uh, Tom were talking about the Jericho MJF thing and them going back and forth. But I have to say Wednesday night when I did watch this, it didn't go down that well. Uh, Once again, other than the Eric Bischoff thing, and I'm sorry, I just, I like the Young Bucks a lot, but sometimes Matt Jackson can take it out of me when he's getting so intense, I would say, within his, his, uh, you know, trying to build it. Just, this, this, it, it just honestly, it just didn't work for me that much. Um, I liked him calling, Con- or I liked MJF calling Conrad turkey tits because that's been an, an old long thing going on with them. And I like how, even though Conrad does a show for like Tony Schiavone, let's see, Kurt Angle, Art Anderson, he just was there for JR's podcast. That was kind of funny. And, um, don't really know how those, those guys had credentials though, him and uh, Eric Bischoff for being on podcast. But regardless, this is fine. I mean, they do this stuff. Did, did you like this, Chris? Man, I mean, I hated it because is Bleacher Report better than our show? No. Who Who, who is that goof? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, Turkey Tits was hilarious. That's what I remember from this entire promo segment. Uh, MJF was on fire and uh, Bischoff pissed Jericho off and that was kind of it. Which they've done like three times at this point, so I'm kind of tired of this weird press conference thing they do with the inner circle. Especially because none of them hold titles, so like, why should we give a shit? 
Yeah. How did you like the shots that uh, were fired, if you will, when Matt and, and Nick were saying that because of their dad? Well, first of all, claiming that their dad is the reason why AEW exists. Does Did he tell Tony and Kenny and, and Cody that? But uh, just saying that if if it didn't uh, if they didn't exist with AEW, that MJF would be uh, living with his parents, still waiting on a phone call from Rosie O'Donnell, and that Jericho would probably be jerking the curtain at the Capitol Wrestling Center right now. Yeesh! So I'm going to go with the Brian Alvarez on this one because I listened to him, and he was like, that was a dumb insult to throw at Chris Jericho, who was your first heavyweight champion and your first signing, to say that if it wasn't for you, who'd be a curtain jerker because he was literally your first heavyweight champion. So it makes everyone that he beat on the roster look weak. I'm going to have to agree with him there. That's a little bit ridiculous. Now they could have said, like he said, if we beat you, you can retire to be a curtain jerker or something. It's just the way they, they, that, I don't know. The young bucks are very bad at delivering their promos. Like I don't, I young buck promos are terrible. Am I, is it just me, Dane, or are they just They're not that good? They need to They're, be with some other people. They're not convincing to being badass. I think that they should really model themselves more like the Hardys and also more like the rock and roll express where they're more like happy go lucky dudes. Because, like, the tough guy thing, it just, I'm sorry, I can't take it seriously. Nick's got a fucking six cul-de-sacs on his head. And Matt just does not come off tough because he's gritting his teeth. He's, he doesn't look like Sid Vicious. Well, it's 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 even more than that. It's the way they, like, some of the stuff they deliver and say. Like, why did they super kick Tony Schiavone? I'm still on this. No like, one knows. Like, I know they have, like, some rights over their characters, and they're obviously trying to play the characters they want. But the mixing of BTE versus an actual televised wrestling show just doesn't work for me. And it was like, well, they explained it on BTE. And I was like, well, I'm not going to watch that fucking shit. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I don't watch WWE's random shit on YouTube either, to be fair. <laughs> but um, I don't know, man. It was really weird. Like, I, it's one of those, like, we're going to pop a shot at WWF. And it's like, well, no, actually, actually, you just took a shot at Chris Jericho. You basically said that he shouldn't be part of the company. He should be a, a trainer for a performance center, which makes you look bad well, because you know, he's your first champion, motherfuckers. Like, <laughs> I can't. St- I don't like that shit. I don't like. I, all right, especially within the last couple of weeks, we've had Tony Khan, Kenny Omega, and Cody all talking about the possibilities in the future. Uh, Kenny was actually stated after Vince is gone, which is kind of weird that a fan would say that. Would you would you want to collaborate with any you know with with WWE? And of course, all of them had wonderful things to say. And then these comments, there was something else that was said on this show. I can't remember right now. Maybe I will towards the end. And then Cody making the, uh, well, Pat McAfee's been calling me every day trying to get a contract. Like, I, they're not talking about you. You guys aren't even in their fucking, they're not even thinking about you. So why keep on making these little shots? Not that I think, not that I feel, I feel bad for WWE. It just, it's unneeded. It makes you guys look kind of petty a little bit. I don't know. I, I think it, when it was deserved, like with someone like Miro or um, 
God, Brody Lee, where they just kind of had a bad run and they just want to get it out of their system. It's fine to have that one promo. But like these little shots, like Chris Jericho is not going to be a curtain jerker. Like, and if you're going to call him a curtain jerker, say you're going to beat the shit out of him until he's a curtain jerker. And like, why is that even relevant to what is going on in the storyline? Because he just killed your dad. You know what I mean? Like, I mm-hmm. the whole segment to me was just a bit weird. And um, I don't know. The Young Bucks are very bad on promos. They're great in the ring. They need a manager. Maybe they should get Jim Cornette. Oh, I'm <laughs> telling you, dude. Oh, God. Jim would have a fucking brain aneurysm if they brought someone in and they dressed like him with a fucking racket. Oh, Jesus. Well, maybe they can pay Jim Cornette so much stupid money that he would just be their manager. He's actually someone that I think wouldn't do it for the money. <laughs> I really, I know that people could be bought, but I think that his morals would kick in. He'd be like, fuck you, motherfucker. Yeah, but his idea of the Young Bucks is kind of ridiculous as well. They're not as oh, yeah. as he puts I on don't. Or- I don't agree with I'm that's that, like I said that's why I'm glad Brian's there sometimes to be like well I mean you did like this match well, I know anyways let's uh <laughs> let's get to something let's let's finish up talking about what we were talking about earlier we had FTR Tully Blanchard versus Jurassic Express I thought everyone was great in this match I thought Jungle Boy sold like a mother trucker uh, I thought they used Marco Stunt right he wasn't making the other guy sell he actually. Got his ass kicked by Tully, and that's what he did. Uh, and I liked how Tully took the friggin' whiplash. Um, well, basically, whatever the hell uh, Alistair calls it. The black mass that Luchasaurus did. Uh, I thought Tully looked good, you know. He wasn't amazing, obviously. He's not going to have the finesse like he fucking did in the late 80s. But for being his age, he was able to get in there, be believable. You already talked about uh, him doing the spot where he's going to dive, and then he just does his strut. Uh, love J.J. Dillon getting people to their feet like he used to do back in the day and telling him to get like get in the ring, like, you know, taking off his shoe. That whole spot was great. Um, and I thought that Jurassic Express really went out of their way to try to cater towards a more classic leaning match and uh, kind of help out, or at least Luchasaurus and, and Jungle Boy help out Tully's weaknesses when he was in the ring. And FTR, those four guys specifically... Uh, you know, Cash and Dax, and then also Luchasaurus and um, Jungle Boy. They're fucking great. Great athletes. Awesome in the ring. And I thought this was a lot of fun. I hated that it got cut off. And I really hope that the little back and forth between J.J. Dillon and Tony, they, it was improvised, but it was kind of like how that used to happen back in the day because J.J. gave him an eat shit look. But when he came over and he just goes, you, you won't have an announcement that's going to be as good as what just happened. And Tony said something like, you're not paid uh, extra for for more words or some shit like that. Just going back and forth. I think that was all a joke, but if not, I did hate the, how that just came in there and kind of stopped it. Love seeing Arn acknowledge it. John Spears, now a blonde, so I guess he's the Tully. I guess that's what they're – not Tully, the, uh, the Barry. I don't – whatever, you know. Um, it was fun. It was a lot of fucking fun. I love telling one of my older coworkers about this because he's an old-school wrestling fan. And uh, maybe FTR. I would love to see FTR show up in the in the Crockett uh, Cup, and that's actually been a goal of theirs. So that would make a lot of sense that they can work that out. Not necessarily winning, but hey, who knows? 
uh, especially with Tully in there, uh, you know, on the old school stages, cutting a promo with them, that would be a lot of fun. But uh, like I said, I think this is my favorite thing of the, of the night, honestly. Who I mean, who would be in the final of that Crockett Cup? Just the uh, Dem Boys versus the FTR? Cause that oh, would be... don't, don't mess with me, man. Don't do that to me. <laughs> but, I mean, if we're being honest, that would be, like, out of those tag teams, if you're going to have FTR there, you just have Dem Boys maybe drop, like, you know, they lose the Crockett Cup. Because, like I said, NWA doesn't have these tag teams. Like, they don't. I, no, they don't. You know, it's going to be mostly if you're going to do it, it's going to be mostly AEW and and what maybe some like, cats from Ring of Honor. Well, Beer City Bruiser, our if boy. They were, <laughs> if they maybe weren't able to like they were beforehand, which I'm I'm sure them and Ring of Honor are fine. Either way, what about the Von Erics? I'd love to see them come over with their dad. What if we get FTR with Tully in his corner against the Von Erics with fucking Kevin in their corner? Oh, man, there's so many things they can do with the Crockett Cup. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be cool. It's interesting to see what they're going to do with Fight TV, too, because I don't know what that... We haven't seen what that contract looked like. We just know that they had to jerk everything off YouTube. Do you know... I'm assuming it's free. There's been nothing in anything that that says it's cost money for this. And Fight does do free stuff on their thing, right? Or am I thinking Bleacher Report? No fight. I think fight has a free subscription and a paid subscription, and then they like if you want to buy AW one fight, it's going to cost additional money on top of your paid subscription because they have a bunch of sporting stuff. Um, I can't blame Billy Corgan for going this method because like you're not he can't run the show that he was trying to run when you were able to have people in the building. I mean, he's already yep. released like half of his roster, so he's gonna have to rebuild from the ground up, which kind of sucks. Um, I don't know, man. That's a weird one, but God, wouldn't it be awesome? Dim Boys versus FTR. Oh God, man, that's a, <laughs> that's a dream match of theirs. That they, that's one of the, they have like their list, like Cody made, and that was like I think the second match after Young Bucks was Dim Boys, uh, Briscoe Brothers. Yeah, uh, they're wrong. Beat like the fuck out of each other. Yeah, that would be like that will obviously be the best tag match that they've ever had because <laughs> that'll be way better than the match they had with the Young Bucks. Even though that match was so great, you put those two together. I mean, that's like uh, Midnight Express versus Rock and Roll Express kind of shit. You yeah. know, Rainbusters versus uh, you know Rock and Roll. Like everything goes back to the Rock and Roll Express because they're so good. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh well. So, so what did you think of? Uh, we kind of talked about it, but just like going back to the match, you loved the match. You were annoyed by the ending abruptly. Anything else to say about it? No, I mean Tully's awesome. Hopefully, he wins this uh, chance for the national championship and gives it to Sean Spears. <laughs> just, just gives him it. Uh, yeah, he. They could. I mean, it could just be Sean Spears. I mean, like, what is he like? 21 and two or something on AEW dark for this to be announced. If they're going to build the, uh, the four horsemen, they could do that. I didn't think about that earlier, but they could do something like that, but it wouldn't be hilarious if Tully just waits the last minute and runs up and grabs, like just runs up the ladder and grabs the title. 
That would be that would be fucking awesome. <laughs> I just don't want him to get hurt. That's the only. Thing. <laughs> well, I mean, if right, he's well, only going up and grabbing it, it doesn't matter. He's not going to get hurt. I love the slingshot spot, like I said earlier, and I love the oh. fake, the fake dive strut was so good. I was like, man, how did Rick not think of that? Because I can't ever remember Ric Flair doing a a fake suicide and be like, woo. <laughs> So good. so good. Well, it kind of, you know, we talked about this. Tony Schiavone comes out. He interviews Paul uh, White. He's got a no more BS uh, shirt on that was chanted. I think that stands for Big Show. It could be something else. I'm not 100%. Um, but, yeah, just talking about how he's really happy to be there and that he has some huge information. And he starts setting it up. He basically says, like, you know, it's it's a huge athlete. This is a giant get. Keeps on making puns for big. But this is not the one that you would think it would be. So I'm assuming he was joking around that it was himself. I don't know what the hell he meant by it's not the one you'd think it would be if that's not the case. And then he said that there will be announcement at this pay-per-view. Someone will be showing up that's hall, not necessarily a Hall of Famer, Hall of Fame caliber uh, athlete, so I don't know what that means. We've we kind of already touched on it. We there's lots of rumors flying around. Kurt Angle added to that because of that video that he made, like you know Tom was talking about earlier. We have Rob Van Dam. We have uh, I'm trying to think of like who who really makes sense. Like who is someone that could be that big of a level? Because the thing about it is, and it kind of pissed me off. AEW, at least with Tony, as of lately, has been making announcements saying there's something big happening. This you know, hypes it all up and really, and then he kind of comes back cause it was just pack coming back, which was great. But it, you know, that he really, really hyped it up and he was like, Oh, I met in the next couple of weeks. And then I think that like a week or two later sting showed up. So I just, I, if it's going to be someone big, great. If it's, if it's someone like, Oh, all right. I don't know. It could be just, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, Chris, but don't get your hopes up is what I'm trying to say. They're, they're building a good roster. I, I, I like AEW. I give them a lot of credit. So don't think that it's going to be the biggest fucking person that you could possibly think of. I, well, that's what I'm... well, how about this? I'll name a person and you name a person, right? For th- mm-hmm. th- It possibly could be. So Christian. Yep. So what's your next person who you think he could be? I mean, I'm gonna go big or go home. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna be one of those assholes I just told everyone not to be and say CM Punk because <laughs> I want to see that happen over anyone else. I guess Rob Van Dam would be fine, and that's a little bit more realistic, and he'd be fun. But is he really like he's a he's a future Hall of Famer? Don't get me wrong, but is he that big of a deal? Kind of like to what Big Show was making it sound like. I mean, Paul White. If pushed right, yes. I think Rob Van Dam has that natural charisma like Jeff Hardy does, where if you push him right. There's so many great matches. He can get – what if he got Lynn out of retirement Call called him out? That's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, To me, it's it, it's probably Rob Van Dam, which people don't want to hear because they want to see him punk. And I get that. But wouldn't you promote CM Punk for a pay-per-view? What if it's sarcastically <laughs> Pat McAfee? That'd be great. A future <laughs> Hall of Famer. <laughs> or yeah. Hall of Famer in his arm. Uh, Lita. What is she Lita? doing? This? Oh. Could it, I could love it be a female? That. 
Could it be a female? Could it be Leader or Trish? Could it be Molly Holly? Definitely Ollie? good. Definitely good. Hmm. Just because yeah. he said it was a future Hall of Famer, we, we immediately go to guys, but there is a lot of like female wrestlers out there that are should be considered Hall of Famers and might necessarily be in, right? Or are in that don't get enough respect. Like Trish has been talking about how she's working back to get in the ring. Maybe it's Trish. Imagine WWE's not going to let her. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, Go somewhere maybe, else. Maybe it's Trish. Why um, did Kurt make that video? What the hell is that all about? Did you see the video that, that me and Tom were talking about? I mean, yes, I saw that video, but like, you know, if you're Tony Khan, you could have paid him like $100,000 to make that video. That's a good point. Like, if you're Throw trying to really distract, yes, set off the scent. It's just weird they're trying to do the surprise to me. Like, I I, I think it's more important when the fans know who's going to show up at your pay-per-view, not the surprise. Because what's going to happen is if you tune in and you think it's going to be, if you're a huge Rob Van Dam fan, right, and you're like, man, the rumors are Rob Van Dam might show up. And then you show up and you pay $50 to watch this pay-per-view and it's not Rob Van Dam, are you going to tune in on Wednesday? No. So you it's might, kinda, but you're going to be mad. Yeah, you're going to be pissed off. So it's it's one of those weird things like where it's like it could be a surprise. I mean, like unless it's Brock Lesnar, it's it's got to be a huge name like Austin or Rock or Cena to make people tune in the following Wednesday. It can't be someone like Rob Van Dam or Sabu or Raven or like, you know, great like Muda. Muda. It should be Muda. He's the he's a current heavyweight champion right now. Maybe it is Muda. He's, uh, he's coming over to Impact to do some wrestling matches. It was just announced. That's pretty fucking cool. Oh, my God. If Muda wins this fucking ladder match, I'm going to lose my shit, dude. <laughs> I don't I wouldn't expect that, but that would be awesome because it would be Muda. <laughs> Against Darby with Sting in his corner. Yes. Oh. Maybe it is Muda. Maybe we're on to something here. He is the heavyweight champion right now of his current uh, federation. Yes, I GHC. Yeah, Damn. GHC. He is the he's the heavyweight champion. Maybe it is Muda. That'd be great. Oh, my God. If Muda just, like, doesn't show up until the last minute and runs up the ladder and sprays someone with mist and chops them off, I will pop so hard. <laughs> That, that pro wrestling Noah fucking championship everywhere. Yes. Just pointing at Darby's one. Oh man. Oh, that'd be great. Would, there's so much cool stuff they could do with this match. That's I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I still think it's probably Christian. Um Christian would be a great coup. It really would. That would be But I did hear, and I could they could have been wrong. I don't know if this was actually if you heard Dave talk about this, that's the best source I would say. That Christian did end up signing uh, for a little bit of time with WWE. Uh, but if he didn't, why not? Especially Christian. I mean, I feel like WWE eventually considered him bigger than they did beforehand, but TNA really treated him good and kind of built him up to be a bigger, uh, I would say, commodity than he was beforehand, where he yeah, was kind of in the dust of edge. I mean, outside of the WWE, he's always been treated as a legend because people love Christian. They remember him from all of those matches where you were also a part of that. Like, <laughs> but WWE is like, yeah, but Edge. 
you know, it's it's a very different like it sucks to be Christian if you're in WWE. Um, I mean, I gave they gave him the title win over Alberto Del Rio after Edge retired, I guess. And then he lost it to Randy Orton and then tried to get it back and then won it back like what five matches later. Finally. Yeah, I mean, but, but the Christian's with the title storyline wise, so I'm saying. Yeah, I I feel like uh, there's a lot of things that you could do with RVD. That's that's my pick. I mean, if I had to pick, it's either Christian or RVD for me. Angle would be great, but Angle's not going to be the TBA. That's the that's the crazy part is the TBA. No, because he's not going to be in that match. But you could use Angle very well. Like he could be Tony Khan's spokesperson or the person that's going to go like head on against uh, this invasion with uh, Omega and the Impact Boys, as I like to call them. Actually, use them well this time. Unlike what WWE did. All right, let's let's keep on going. Uh, we had we talked about this the Eliminator tournament match. Nyla Rose lost to Rio Mizunami. Uh, Mizunami tried to take out uh, Rose, very similar to how she took out Aja Kong with a countout victory. Which finding out about that made me even more annoyed that she beat Aja Kong honestly, and that it almost happened again with Nyla. Like, I know it's different in Japan, U.S. You know, it's actually considered still a prestigious win if it's a timeout. Or, uh, if you get a timeout outside because you basically knock them out and they can't fucking make it back in the ring. But still, it was like, all right, I didn't really, like I said, I, w- I was kind of like, okay, so this is it. This is who won. Then, um, you know, Hikaru Shida comes out. She goes, congratulate her. She gives her the trophy. And then they exchange some uh, shoulder block hits. Uh, pretty stiff ones, and then there were smiles between them. So they kind of explained on commentary. Um, they have a history together, and they were huge rivals before. So good stuff. I really, honestly, don't care. Just being honest. What do you have to say, Chris? thought the match itself was fine. I feel like Nyla probably should have won here because you're putting two Japanese superstars against each other, and you've done dick all to build either of them. If I'm being completely honest, and I love Japanese wrestling, <laughs> but uh, would you really care? Do do you care for this match, Dane? That should be that's the actual question. Do you care no. that Kurashida is okay? No. So that that's the that's the problem. They didn't do enough to build build her up through this tournament. There's not enough vignettes. There's not enough showing us what has been accomplished beforehand. Why this rivalry is a rivalry. Um, hey, you know how you build a women's division, have their tag tournaments, and have this tournament mostly on YouTube? That's going to help. Or or just you know pick your most over wrestler, which is Thunder Rosa, and have her win the tournament. Dude, I mean, how many big names were part of that? Like we said, Riho, Deeb. Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, Aja Kong, uh, a- Amy Sakura. Um, I I just don't understand. I it's whatever. This is I mean this is the same thing as like if The Rock would have lo- like if The Rock didn't win the Rumble or the King of the Ring or some some shit. It's the same. You're throwing a bunch of names out there. You're not giving us enough evidence and enough pre- prelude to care about them um 
so everyone's gonna love Thunder Rosa because she's got the best gimmick. Like, and she's one of the best female wrestlers there. She should have won, and probably took the title off Sheeta. So I don't know if that's a contract thing or what, but that's their that's your Stone Cold Steve Austin of the female division. And then Serena Deebs is probably like her Triple H. Figure that out. It's not that hard. Like you yep. can easily, you can easily tell. Watch, watch their fucking matches and watch the reaction. Watch the ratings. Like watch. Like I'm, I, I like her Kurashida. She's great. Like I have nothing against her, but she's not moving the goddamn dial. And uh, yeah, this match is not going to move the the dial. This is going to be the greatest female wrestling match of all time. All right. Um, let's. You know what? Move you know on. what you. Well, all right. So you know what you don't see a lot of in New Japan. A Gaijin versus Gaijin for the New Japan title. Yeah. But that's over here. That's even WWE's thing. A lot of times, like, oh, we got two Asian wrestlers. <laughs> the point all is right. to build to build them up for continent versus continent. Like, the idea of the tournament doesn't even make sense when the end result is, like, a Japanese wrestler versus a Japanese wrestler. The idea is, like, the world versus the world, like Street Fighter. (laughs) It's just, the whole concept is just dumb. Like, I I don't know. Thunder Rosa should have probably just won the tournament, and they would have been better off. I don't know what her contract looks like, because I still haven't seen evidence of her actually signing anything. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 also something I don't know. Uh, what are you going to do? Well, let's go to the next match. Wait, why is this messing up now? Um, Alright, no, we already went over there. Nyla Rose. Okay, and then... No, I didn't ask to... My phone is messing up completely right now. So we had an interview with the icon Sting, Tony Schiavone. One, at one point, Ricky Starks comes out, starts talking, talking up Sting, and then says, I don't respect you, you're not an icon, slaps him in the face. Sting starts beating the shit out of him. Enter Taz and Hook, who uh, Sting was... This is one thing that's bad about the Scorpion Deathlock. Um, he put him in it, um, and I kind of am starting to agree with Solo Monster. He put him in the Scorpion Deathlock, and after a while, he he almost, he fell on his ass. But luckily, it was exactly the same time Hook and Taz attacked him. Uh, out comes Darby. All hell breaks loose. And, yeah, we just have – that. that's the go-home stuff. The actual physical stuff with Sting has been great. I wish, it, like I said, they incorporated, especially last week, earlier into this. So this has been good going into the pay-per-view, but also was a bit late – I would say at the same time. Would you agree with that, Chris? What do you think about this? I would agree with you, but every time Stinger hits a Stinger Splash, I just erase his bad wrestling from my mind. I'm like, oh my god, Stinger Splash! <laughs> um, which he hit at the end against... Uh, who did he, who, he hit it on Cage? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it's, it's... Yeah, I have to agree with you. As far it is, Hobbs isn't even in this match. Isn't it supposed to be Cage and uh, Starks? Cage and Starks, right? So that's the uh, the, uh, the I guess the the wild card there is Powerhouse 
Will Hobbs, which they should have been doing something else with right now. He should Dude, have been. You were right. They should be. Him and Cage should be in a tag team destroying people. Yeah, like Road Warriors. Like I don't understand. Yep. Like Steiner Brothers, Road Warriors. They don't have a tag team like that on their roster. I mean, unless you consider the Gun Club, which they don't book like that, but they're giants, so you should book them like that. Um, this was fine. I love seeing Sting. Got to see a Stinger splash. That was pretty cool. Uh, they got to figure out some kind of cool move with Darby Allen and Sting. Like Darby hitting a coffin drop into like the guy rolls backwards and then Sting puts him in the Scorpion Deathlock for this finish for this next match. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like something cool. You know, it'd be cool if if he incorporated the uh, what does he call it? That really cool submission, but it gets turned into a roll up that he does. If he actually made it a submission and sat down on it like it was his version of the Scorpion Deathlock, but I forgot what the fuck he calls it. You know what I'm talking about, though, where he does he gets them into like a, a leg style submission, but then rolls them over and they can't get out of it, and it's a roll up. Yeah, yeah, they I get, don't know. They, yeah, do you, I, do you think Darby is going to incorporate any of Sting's moves in his arsenal, like a Stinger Splash or a Scorpion Death Drop or anything? How would you not incorporate a Stinger? That's splash? what I'm saying because it's just a general splash, right? Like that's, I mean, a lot of wrestlers use that. I, I would hope so. I would hope so. Um, maybe he would do the reverse, the, like the reverse Randy Orton, you know, where Randy Orton elevates them on the ropes for that DDT. Yeah. He does a reverse DDT. So it's oh, like a dude, that's awesome. That would be cool as fuck. And yeah. then do you, th- do you think that Sting's going to do the uh, coffin drop? <laughs> I don't want to see that. Dude, I, I, I that, that's a very safe move because it's all about the guy that's taking it, not you giving it. <laughs> as, long as, as, as long as he's there, you're just squashing the dude, right? <laughs> so maybe that'd be pretty cool. Well, um, either way, it's I always be... Sting's never done this, as far as I know, but I would love for him to use the bat in the Stinger Deathlock. So he puts him in the stinger death lock and then he slides the bat between the legs and he just cranks on it. Nice. That would like be a, awesome. Like a fucking vice. Do something like that. Like really break their legs. But also like, yeah, I'm obviously picking sting cause I'm always going to pick sting. <laughs> Fanboy. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I'm the same way. Well, I, that's the thing is like this, this was a really good show. The first like up to here, and then it kind of fell off to me a bit. We had a face-off of Revolution Ladder match qualifier with Max Caster and Ten. Uh, I think Ten physically looks awesome. I think maybe the mask is actually in the whole Dark Order thing is holding him back a bit, but he has a great body. He works really well. Max Caster's got a shitload of charisma. Um, he said something. What? It was so fucked up. Was it? Re- I can't remember what celebrity. This dude's in the hospital. Fucking. I can't remember the thing that he said, but it was, it was a, uh, it was kind of offensive, I would say. But uh, my wife, we were watching this together, me and my wife, and she said the same thing. She was like, "I get what he's going for, but that was like a bit much, even for trying to be a heel." Like, because right. at some point, you're not gonna think the person's a heel. You're gonna think they're a shitty person. <laughs> like exactly. Person. 
Um, but, I can't remember what it was, but yeah, he, he did say something very fucked up because my wife pointed it out and I was like, that's wrestling. And she was like, no, no, that doesn't have to be wrestling. You don't have to go there. Well, I, I got to find this out of what it was exactly. But anyways, I think he has a shitload of, load of potential. He ended up winning this match. Uh, what do you think about this match, Chris? Negative one's awesome. He's so good. Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's fine. I like Max Caster. I is it bad that I hate his rap because he has like no flow on his voice? Uh, he sounds kind of like this. Na, na, na. Ma, 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 ma. Like like that's... he 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 has less flow than John Cena, so it's like really hard. Can they auto tune his voice through the mic live or something? Could they do something to make him? Like, his rhymes aren't bad. Like, what he's putting out there is not necessarily bad. But, like, he doesn't sound like a rapper to me. If that's what they're looking for. Because he has zero flow. I can't find it. All right, well, it doesn't matter. It it wasn't... I knew the uh, news item that it was referring to, and I was like, Jesus, I think that guy's on his deathbed. All right. It was very soon. Um... No, too soon. I don't remember what it was. My wife would remember what it was because she was like, that was a bit much. Like I said, if you're watching with someone else that's not a wrestling fan and they say, hey, that was probably a bit much, then it was probably a bit much. Like, you know, when, um, you know, Triple H saw the birth of a hand <laughs> or tried to rape Rape that woman. <laughs> uh, no, said he was going to have person. sex with a dead woman. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's too much. Or the fact that technically he insinuated that their first interaction him and Stephanie had was when she was unconscious. Um, uh, little jello pudding pop. Anyways, let's go. Uh, the best man, Miro, talks AEW at Revolution. I'll give it this. It was the best promo he's probably done. And he looked like he was fired up. I don't care, though. Do you care, Chris? I have no idea what he was saying. He just yelled a lot and then talked about Twitch for a second and then yelled a lot. Well, there you go. Last match. I got to admit, right now, I think they should have switched the first match with the last match. Uh, and this would have been a little more... Especially if you're anticipating Shaq's in the last match which is something that I can't stand about WWE, but it makes sense. People would have stuck around and going off the air with that of what the fuck happened, Shaq getting knocked out. Or if you had him and show have a stare down at the end of it. Instead, we went to Matt Hardy and Mark Quinn versus John Silver and, and uh, Hangman Page. And I like all the guys in this. I just wasn't into it. It was at the end of a pretty dense show and um, Hangman and John Silver won. And then all hell broke loose. You know, everyone's beating the shit out of each other. Comes out uh, negative one with the rest of the Dark Order tag team. <laughs> all the tag teams start piling in the ring. I don't know who half of them are. They're all just beating the living hell out of each other. I think Bear Country was in there, I'm assuming. I don't know. And then that's it. That's how it went off the air. Um, but, yeah. I love negative one is, like, so great for a kid selling he like is. his emotions with like a lucha mascot. He's just like, oh my god! But then I remember me as a kid, and I was like, everything was so much cooler when you were a kid, you know? Like, 
<laughs> like Terminator 2, if you saw that when you were 10, you're like, holy shit. I'm about to get a mullet right now. So awesome. Um, Ed Furlong. <laughs> uh, I thought this batch was really fun. It it was placed very weird, and we didn't get a lot of Moxley versus uh, yeah. Omega for the Go Home show, which was kind of weird. Very strange, man. Very strange. Well, let's go over to Orlando at the Capitol Wrestling Center. We're going to play a game, Chris. It's called I'm going to list what happened and give a brief opinion of what I thought. If you would like to stop and say something, by all means, cut me off. But if you don't even want to, we can just fucking plow through it. This is going to be very, very boring because this is a very average-ass show. It wasn't bad. None None of the wrestling was bad. But there was nothing really cool that happened on this show. So let's go. Orny Larkin, Danny Birch, the champions, remember, uh, going against Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa. Um, very, very, you know, hard hitting match. Bullshit happened at the end. Orny Larkin and Danny Birch won. Um, and I, I'm assuming they're going to stick around as a tag team. Um, I'm I'm referring to Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher, which is kind of interesting, but they celebrate Imperium's Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner come out with Alexander Wolf and just beat him up. Uh, We had Roderick Strong walking around backstage. He was all upset, um, talking about the Undisputed Era, talking about the match tonight, and just Adam Cole in general. We go, okay, we had the therapy sessions. We'll go over all of this right now. Some of it was funny, some of it was really stupid. So it's the Garcanos and Austin Theory and Indy Hartwell. And throughout the duration of it, Johnny gets kicked out for being a little bit too aggressive. Then he's texting, listening at the door to Candace of what to say. And then Candace gets sent out also with uh, Indy. And we found out that Austin Theory basically um, has Stockholm Syndrome from... <laughs> What the fuck? From Dexter Loomis. And at the end of it, she tells him that she talked to Dexter and Dexter couldn't wait to get rid of him. And Austin started crying. And then Johnny came in, started yelling, and they all got kicked out of the office. And we didn't have the same guy as before. Not saying she didn't do a good job, but I don't know. I would have called the dude from the Hell No Spots. Um, Chris? Can we, can, we, can we stop for just a second? Sure, sure, sure. What, what, what do you want to say? Remember like a year and a half ago when I was like, Austin Theory is a can't miss. You can't fuck this guy up. <laughs> you, you didn't want to see him cry over Dexter Loomis not liking him? He just ate cereal in a room and watched TV for a while. The fuck is this? Like, who is writing this shit? Like... Bro, y'all are in contracts with Fox. Y'all need to call the people that are writing 911 with fucking <laughs> all of those actors because this is terrible. Or just like write a wrestling show. <laughs> God damn it. Um, I agree. You can continue. Sorry. I just had to put that out there. Austin no, Theory, you're fine. Austin Theory should have been a superstar, and they find every way. I, I get that he had that one allegation or whatever that happened that just conveniently disappeared like uh, the murder that Snuka had. Um, but <laughs> Are you saying Austin Theory murdered someone? 
No, they sexually assaulted someone potentially. It went away, so I get that. But if you're gonna use the guy, like actually use him. Yeah, I agree. All right, so we get confirmed Adam Cole versus NXT champion Finn Balor will be next week, which I'm definitely looking forward to. And Balor for Roderick Strong will be tonight in the main event. Aaliyah went against uh, Ember Moon. Hey, guess who won? Not a, not Aaliyah. Ember Moon did. Uh, Robert Stone brand is back, and who gives a shit? And I have no idea who the chick was with them. Uh, let, let me keep on going. Uh, Mackenzie <laughs> tries to talk about Tim Wait, wait Champa. Let's stop for a second. Poor Robert Stone. Like, he had a good gimmick going. Why Why did they just pull the brakes on that? Because they're fucking WWE. That's how, that's how they do it, unfortunately. Why they hate on my boy Robert Stone. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Mackenzie tries to talk to Tim Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, asking, you know, earlier about Imperium. Thatcher says, we all come from somewhere and we all have a past. Ciampa interrupts Thatcher and says, uh, Thatcher's past with Imperium is exactly that, the past. Ciampa ends the interview and they head into their locker room. Now, realize the reason why I actually went into detail about this. There was a faction called, I think it was Mein Kampf. No, that's that's Hitler's manifesto. Yeah, like what the hell are you talking about? Get that it's, out. Uh, it's it's no, it's something it's something it's something that sounds like that. I can't remember the name of the faction, but it was it was Alexander Wolf, uh, Walter, um, I believe one of the other guys, um, not 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 Eichner, and then also Timothy Thatcher. So he has a history with these guys. I don't know if they're setting that up or not. Uh, I'll try is to it, find this faction. Is it just Imperium? It's Imperium plus Thatcher, right? Imperium plus Thatcher minus um, minus uh, Fabian Nightmare. Yeah, let's not look up the the Hitler stuff. Let's let's move back. <laughs> no, well now I want to get it right, so I'm not saying it, it's a. Uh, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Why? Why would you be? Why would you be embarrassed? <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> All right, wait. Why am I doing this? I can just do <laughs> Timothy Thatcher. So, what? What? What do you think about this promo? Do you think that he's going to get his butt kit? Well, you know, he didn't point his hand in the. Is back. Thatcher going to turn on Champa, Chris? No. Ring Kampf is the name of it. Why would you do that? Like, you know what? You're you're actually right on this for you getting this like half fucked. Like, why would you even do that? Why would that even be close to? Um, yeah, no. Yeah. Well, like, it is German. You... Do we know what it means? I have no idea what ring comp means. I know what ring means. So maybe comp means like, I don't know. I if no we fuck. started a German tag team, we're gonna be Duhast. Duhast. <laughs> Um, it's just gotta. I like chicken piccata. <laughs> um, no, I don't think Thatcher's gonna turn on him. Not yet. I mean, they already were imposing at one point. Well, I mean, they've already beat the shit out of each other, so they already know what each other has. I think this is like a Seamus Cesaro situation, right? We'll eventually, well, hopefully, they handle it better but uh they might hang out as a tag team for a bitch 
Okay, so ring comp just means wrestling match in German. <laughs> also, struggle would be a term. In this for corner, weighing 478 pounds, we have ring comp. I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go home. This is some bullshit. Fuck them. And versus them, we in weighing in at 578 pounds. We have the Road Warriors. You're just like, well, the Road Warriors about to smoke these guys. Like, I don't, I don't know. It, it doesn't matter what language that it's is. Not, it, it's not something for Nazis, okay? You guys do not understand German. <laughs> He's Austrian. <laughs> tomato tamale anyways let's 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 go this is the thing that pissed me off i thought they had a really good chance to get the fucking titles off in high jackson shana baszler and they didn't do that instead dakota kai and raquel gonzalez went against them and dakota kai was the reason they lost i did like the dakota kai because she used to get punked out by shana baszler she was a hell of a lot tougher put up a bigger fight against her but the two you know heels from the main roster quote-unquote overpowered them and got the win and uh yeah i don't know i would have had raquel kill one of them you know i would have destroyed naya and start having some good tag team matches on uh, nxt since they actually have female tag teams i don't know that's just me weird are you asking me to like and appreciate the tag team division nxt and wwe in general no i'm not okay yeah i agree with you they should have done something but yeah, it, it was this was just there. All right, so we had LA Knight. He's backstage. He's about to come out. And then we had Swerve Scott in his recording studio being a dick. Uh, and LA Knight came out. It, hold on, is Swerve a heel? Yeah, he's a heel now. They're, okay. Dude, I mean, they're 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 trying to turn him into Velveteen Dream. I feel like. Uh, all right. Well, he doesn't have the look and their personality, but good luck. I just feel like the the clothes that he wears, like this this him trying to be this type of attitude with him. I don't know. All right. No, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with that. I just mean like there's a natural charisma that's not necessarily there with Isaiah or Scott. As much as we love Shane Strickland, I completely agree with you. Um. I actually do want to repeat some of this uh, this promo because L.A. Knight did come out. Uh, he said, people say he is the Tom Brady of wrestling, but no, Tom Brady wishes he was half as good as L.A. Knight. Knight says he didn't come in as a first uh, draft pick, but when it's all said and done, he will be the guy setting trends and records. Knight says he looks around and sees your Johnny Gargano's, Kyle O'Reilly's, Adam Cole, and Finn Balor's. Every single one of them has their fancy kicks and dives. Knight invites them to bring that to his front door because he's not going to beat them with flash and pizzazz. He didn't come here to do anything fancy. He just came to get the job done. Knight goes on and says he's the last of a dying breed. He agrees with people who are saying he might be the greatest NXT superstar of all time already. No one's saying that, but I, I just love the cockiness on this guy. Call him out. Call him one thing that sets him above the rest. L. A. Knight. This is the game, and that's not an insult. It's just a fact of life. And then that was it. Um, dude, he's great at promos. I mean, is there anything 
that you can say besides that, though. Like, well, no, I'm not saying that in a negative way, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, if Tom Brady decided he was going to wrestle tomorrow, he'd be way better than L.A. Drake. <laughs> get him and Gronk on a tag team together. <laughs> yeah, like Tom Brady and Gronk as a tag team. <laughs> you'd be like, who the fuck is L.A. Drake? No, it was a good promo. It was just weird. He was like, <laughs> like, what does Tom Brady have to do with wrestling? Um, no, nah, the rest of the promo was fine. I mean, it's it's your, it's what you would expect for him. He does a good promo. Who is he facing again? Uh, coming we up. don't know. I don't. I don't know whose first uh, person is going to be. If he's a heel, I don't know. I, he wrestles <laughs> such a very old school style. It's very Triple H. I like. I would hope it would be like a Finn Balor or a a um, Adam Page or Roderick Strong or one of the guys that would be able to give you the NXT match you want. Because he definitely wrestles that kind of style. It was the same thing with Eric Young when Eric Young came in. Yeah. He wrestles a very slower style. Do you uh, think if 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 they're not gonna put it back on Adam Cole, they're not putting on Kyle O'Reilly, and especially if Cross is going up to the roster maybe after Mania, basically if Finn Balor's a champion, would LA Knight be one of those guys that you wouldn't actually mind seeing take that title off of Finn? Because I actually wouldn't. I think it would be a little bit different and change things up a bit. It seems like it's been around the alumni a little bit too long, if you understand what I'm saying. Eli Drake is a top heel, and NXT is not a bad idea for that company, especially because I don't think that Finn is going to stay there that much longer. He hasn't re-signed. God, I hope he goes back to Japan. That would be awesome. (laughs) Or... I, I have a feeling that he's probably not going to re-sign there. Uh, otherwise, why would he have stuck with uh, NXT so long and been willing to do the NXT? Or like He's making less money doing this. Well, apparently right? Vince wanted to bring him back up a while back, and Triple H basically said that they needed him. Um, because he was supposed to go to the UK, do that program with Walter, put Walter over, and then I think come over back over here and go back to either Raw or SmackDown. But Triple H wanted him to get the title, and uh, that's the direction they went. Yeah, Triple H needs to just start searching random bars across the United States and finding drunk, thick guys to have wrestling matches or something. I don't know. That roster they got, is... They got baby Brock Lesnar right now training, so we'll see how Parker <laughs> <Snow> goes. <laughs> yeah. And there is what a good it... chance Cross stays there for a while, and he could probably <laughs> get that title. What's uh, William Regal's kid's name? Put the title on him. He could get the UK title. He's in. That's where he is right now. But I could definitely see him taking off a of Walter. Well, uh, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know if I could see anyone taking that off a of Walter. Walter is gonna have the title as long as Okada. It's gonna be like eight hundred ninety something days. It's gonna be Pete Dunne's little bitch ass. And I'm gonna continue. It's gonna be wonderful. All right, so Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes got set up earlier in the night. Cameron pissed off William Regal, uh, so he put him in a match with them. But he actually won. I'm trying to remember if there's any hijinks with money. I think he tried to pay off the ref at some point. So Bronson, no, wait. But the whole thing is Bronson Reed says, I have so much money, I don't have to follow the rules. And then, like, William Regal put him in a match. And he was like, oh, I guess I got to follow the rules. What the fuck was that? I don't know. Stupid. 
I'm sorry, like that was dumb. And Bronson Reed is a big prospect. And treat, pay attention to his goddamn storyline in NXT, because I feel like that's a guy that you could make into a superstar. Don't fuck it up. So actually, I forgot this. I must have been paying attention too much to what was going on AEW, but it looks like LA Knight got involved and fucked over um, Bronson Reed, and then had a stare down with them and helped Cameron Grimes win. Um, I don't remember that. I, yeah, I remember it, but I just remember being pissed off because the like week before, Bronson Reed was like, no one tells me to do anything. And then this week, William Regal's like, you got to be in a match. And he's like, all right, I guess I'm going to do a match. It's just fucking, I don't know. It's yeah. Bad. It's bad. But uh, LA, LA versus uh, Bronson Reed, Bronson. that should be fun. That should be a good match. I bet they'll have a good match because... L.A. Drake's just going to just be getting slammed all over the ring, for, much like when he wrestled Moose. <laughs> it should be very, very fun to watch. Yep. All right, so we had Everrise and Brazongo. That was supposed to happen, but Legado del Fantasma came out and just destroyed them. And I got to say, man, even though he's a Cruiserweight champion, I feel like that's actually holding him back to an extent because of the uh, quote-unquote legacy with that title. Santos Escobar has done a really good job of himself. I was getting a little bit sick of the vignettes, but I love the match he had with Karrion Cross. I love his attitude. I think that um, I, I like this. I liked him just clearing the ring, beating the hell out of each uh, all of one. And um, I, I think he speaks Spanish at, at some point, but I think he got a program later. Um, wait, he enters the ring, takes the mic. He says, do not mistake last week's no DQ loss to Karrion Cross." As a weakness, because if you do, he speaks in Spanish and points to the two teams laid out at ringside, and he said, this will await for you, uh, and then that's it. So maybe they're going to keep on going with... I don't I don't want to see another match with Karrion Cross and Santos Escobar. I don't think that's going to help him to lose, and I definitely don't want to see Karrion Cross lose to him. So this faction that's been together for a while... Um... Santos Escobar and two random dudes that no one cares about, basically. Yeah. What What is the name of the faction? Legado del Fantasma. Legado del Fantasma. It's like the uh, League of the Phantasm, I believe, in Spanish. They should come at him and have him get injured by someone so they can do that perfect scene from Scarface where he's like, you know what a fucking hoss is? It's a fat fucking pig. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? The the gunshot yeah. scene? Yeah, like that's where they're building at this point because they're not gonna have him them turn on him and he's just continuously winning. Um or no, he they're not gonna have him turn on them, I should say. So uh I, I don't know. The guy's a superstar, he's a great fucking wrestler. I, I, I feel doing. like I feel like DJZ, who is whatever his name is in that thing, and Raul Mendoza, they're not, they're worse off, but it reminds me similar to how I feel about Pride and Powerful, where it's like, you have a really good tag team, and you're just not doing anything with them, and they're just in the background, basically. And uh, there's got to be some point for either of those tag teams to realize that and be like, hey, why aren't we going for fucking anything and letting this person just keep on doing it? 
So I think it's similar in that aspect to how I feel about Bright and Powerful. Because Raul Mendoza and DJZ, whatever the fuck his name is now, they are incredible wrestlers. And they've been in some tag matches, but it's always been centered around Escobar interfering or something like that. He needs to be by himself, and they actually need to build them as a tag team. So I yeah, can I take mean, Escobar more serious. Well, I mean, as much as like WWE loves like uh, movies and shit, why would you not take that and have them pop the leader? And then him show up and be like, you know what a fucking hoss is, Frank? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, at least you could do something cool out of it. Um, I don't know what's going on with this group. They're all great wrestlers. They just... It's really hard to care about the cruiserweight division. They give me no reason to care about it. And even when they have a new challenger that may go after the title, they're like, it's going to be on 205 Live. And if you don't watch 205 Live which the champion always retains on anyways. <laughs> uh, they don't show you what happened. They're just like, eh, well, Escobar retained, so there's that. Any of the high-profile cruiserweights are in NXT. If you're going to see a title change, you're going to see that because the other guys on 205 Live are guys that have already won it, and they're just reduced to 205 Live. And I'm not saying anything bad about, say, Tony Nese or, or any of the guys that are over there, but it's it's true. You know, there's uh, Davari, for instance. They're that. They're not going to win it. All of them have won it in the past, and that's like their, I guess, their alumni kind of. But Isaiah Swerve Scott, all those guys have potential of actually taking off of Escobar on NXT. It's just they, an extra shit show. They they need to figure out their differences and get Enzo Amore back. I'm telling you! God, dude. Like, I... I know he's not a great wrestler, but <laughs> I know he's not a great wrestler, but him versus Escobar and the promos, yeah. they would both be able to cut uh, the different types of families. Let's say families in quotations. Families. Um, would be really good. Did you good. see their return? Uh, him and, him and um, uh, what the hell is his name? Big Cass? Yeah, Cass is jacked, but he's like kind of blackballed through He's, he's blackballed because he was a dick to some little guy for no reason. <laughs> so, yeah. Good luck. I'd like to see him show up on something. Uh, anyways, let's let's move on. We got just a couple things before the main event. Uh, Xylee, Caden Carter, that was confirmed for next week after obviously uh, her Caden Carter's um, tag partner was taken out last week. Uh, we also have Tony Storm versus NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai and Adam Cole versus Finn Balor for the NXT Champion. Um, and then we go to a quick video about that. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's it. So Finn Balor versus Roderick Strong. I do want to watch this match again. I was kind of paying attention back and forth and I saw a lot of the stuff on this, but that's I'm really actually happy. Something that we didn't even get a chance to talk about that they're moving to Tuesday nights uh, post-WrestleMania. Uh, uh, US. It's actually, for everyone wondering, USA wants them to move to that spot because they want uh, their hockey-related show on that night, and they also want to have the most rings they can have. So it makes sense to get them off the same night. So now it'll be on Tuesday nights, which I believe is the same night as NWA Power and Impact. So if you want to watch all of it, you're kind of fucked, but, you know, shit happens. At least there's a lot of wrestling, right? Um, but, yeah. Uh, I can't wait until I can just watch one of them live and not have to worry about it. I think it's going to help out things a hell of a lot. 
And uh, this match is something that's kind of about that. These guys beat the living hell out of each other. There was a lot of technical stuff, but I can't tell you a lot that happened specifically. Um, trying to watch two shows at the same time kind of causes that. So, like I said, I'm happy afterwards, after Balor finally won with the 1916. Um, you know, Roddy's on the ground selling. Uh, you see Adam Cole come to the, the front of the ring. He's pointing at, at, at the belt, basically. Finn Balor points back at him, and they're exchanging some words as we go off. So next week, Adam Cole, Finn Balor, what do you think about the match? And who's winning? Is Adam Cole going to get that title back? Because if there's someone that would be able to randomly get the title off of Finn Balor on an NXT, to me it's an Adam Cole. I could see that definitely happening. I feel like Finn's going to retain because all of the Undisputed Era are going to turn against uh, your boy, Adam Cole. I, I didn't understand this match. and the, the I guess it was more the way that Roddy sold it. Because didn't he just get super kicked in the head the week before? Yeah. Yeah, and, and that the promos in the week before where he was like, Kyle, 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 Roddy, Kyle. Like, who the fuck is writing this shit? It was terrible. And then he just super kicked his friend's head off, and now, like, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to care about that. I know they set up a super show next week. That should be very, very fun. Um. The match itself was very good. But let's get into the uh, the TV part of this. Because I already talked about this on the uh, the uh, Skates Throats podcast. You guys check it out on the NHL Network. Um, WWE is moving to Tuesday because Wednesday, there's not, there's not going to be an NBCSN anymore, which is the NBC Sports Network, which means the NHL will be moving... Um, at least from, let's say, August to March, they're going to move their rivalry games, which is all Canadian games, mostly. It's it's going to be like uh, original six teams, like Boston versus Toronto, or Toronto versus uh, it's set D- Detroit, etc. Uh, so they're moving that, which is good for both WWE and AEW. But it's going to be very, very weird. And we already hear the rumblings of like, I guess AEW won, <laughs> which is how I Ugh. guess this is going to come off, which is not what is actually happening. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I mean, how do you how do you feel about this Undisputed Era stuff? Let's start with the Undisputed Era stuff, because I think it could be handled better and the promos have been very bad. Um, I agree. Uh, I don't like that they got Kyle completely out of the mix because I thought the biggest thing was Kyle versus uh, Adam. Maybe that's still going to be the case. Maybe Kyle causes Adam the match uh, and they just build up something for takeover or whatever uh, within the future. But um, yeah, I just want Adam Cole as a heel. I don't care if you want to flip it. We're now Finn's the new leader of Undisputed Era. I don't really know if you can have an undisputed era though without Adam Cole. To me, he is. But then again, I didn't think back when I was younger that DX would be able to do it without Shawn Michaels, and that definitely proved me wrong. Since Triple H took over and did great, so who knows? Uh, debatable. <laughs> I, I think at the I think at the beginning he was he was a pretty damn good leader. Towards the end, you know, when they became like the uh, 
what the fuck, the Vince McMahon, Helmsy McMahon era, then DX was just basically in the background. But um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I, honestly, if it was me, like I said, I'd just have Adam Cole win it and fucking super kick everyone in the face because he's Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, and then just leave the promotion. <laughs> With the that, belt. Yeah, like just leave and go to the main roster. He's like, fuck y'all. What if, what if he parodied <laughs> Medusa's uh, classic thing and just showed up on Raw interrupting the uh, announcers and threw the NXT championship into the garbage? That would be great, especially if Kevin Owens immediately showed up after and suplexed him onto the goddamn <laughs> side of the ring so we could get the feud that we deserve. Because you remember Kevin Owens showed up with the NXT title and threw the U.S. title on the ground and stomped on it. So, like, you know. Full circle. Let's make it happen. You know those two guys are best friends, too. Yeah, that'd be... That'd, I mean, that's the match everybody wants, right? All right. Well, I think. Do you have anything left to say, or do you want to get out of here? No, I mean, great week of wrestling. Watch New Japan Cup. It's happening right now. It's good stuff happening. Okada is going on a run, so you guys be prepared for that. And uh, outside of that, I have nothing else. Everyone, get excited for Sunday. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a fun pay per view. First explosive barbed wire match we've had in America since ECW. So. That, that should Christ. be exciting. <laughs> Onita can't come, so we're just going to have to pretend. How bad do you think these explosions are going to look, Dane? Terrible. Because they can't do as much as they used to fucking get away with in Japan. There's no way. These are yeah, going to be safe explosions. Got, <laughs> yeah, where people actually got set on fire. Um these should be pretty cool explosions. Uh, Kenny Omega and Don Callis have been making explosive boards <laughs> for like two weeks ago during that one promo. So that see, see if they can see if they can get Terry Funk and Mick Foley in the crowd. Yeah, like God, my friend. My, God my, damn it, Foley! I don't know what those stupid sons of bitches are doing. <laughs> one of my best friends sent me. He's like, "What are you going to do if just Terry Funk and Sabu shows up and wins the match somehow?" <laughs> It only makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah, it was cool seeing Onita. I'm excited for this uh, barbed wire death match. We'll see what they're able to do. I was not a super fan of the last hardcore match they had, so maybe they'll do a little Dumb. bit more. Um, but yeah, man, super excited. Got a pay-per-view coming up. Great show. It was super hype. Tom showed up. He's got that sultry voice. It's great. So you guys make sure you check out his stuff. And uh, it skates throats. If you like hockey, it's coming at you. Um, but that's oh. all for me, Dane. You hit me at, at Chris R. Patton on Twitter. You just knocked it all up. Damn. All right. Well, you guys have a great one. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Like he said, Tom Clark was on here. Definitely check out Tom Clark's main event. Uh, go to that website, and you'll find information for all of his other stuff. He's got articles on Geek Fives Nation. That is the parent company for our show, Wrestling Geeks Alliance, something that I helped get started way back in 1952. But go to geekvibesnation.com. You'll find links there for all of our social media platforms on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook at Geek Fives Nation. You'll also find links uh, to various audio platforms that you can find us. Red Circle Media, I believe, is the main source uh, for our audio pack, 
podcast, but you can find them on Spotify, Stitcher, um, iTunes. Just search either the name of our show, which Wrestling Geeks Alliance, or you can find them through Geek Fives Nation. I had a new uh, G, uh, uh, I think it was GVN or Geek Fives Nation. Um, what? How do I? I forgot how they word it. Just look up Dane Rants. I talk about Marvel and DC, the multiverses, what they're going to be doing in the movies, and just geek out and talk about a lot of that stuff. We talk about the uh, new African American Superman, a lot of different categories. So if you guys want to check that out, it is Geek Fives Nation presents Dane Rants. Just search that, you'll find the link. But uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, a lot of stuff coming. Uh, you know, hopefully you're going to be getting this on Saturday. And you listen to our preview for it. You enjoyed Tom. You enjoyed Chris. You enjoyed me. And you're ready to watch AEW Revolution. So get ready for that. Oh, yeah. Have a great night. Let the Geek Fives be with you. And, of course, what am I going to say, Chris? Peace out. Peace out. Oh, yeah. Cream on the crop. Cream.